Sorry. You always like to do that, but oh, I, need, I don't know. I need one cueing to link it up. Not <laughs> sorry, Mark. No, I do it. <laughs> um, Welcome to the Sorry Mark podcast. <laughs> that's what we were going to call it for quite a while, since Mark is responsible for editing a lot of these. So we're like, sorry, Mark. <laughs> this one's going to be hard to edit. <laughs> it's pretty good. Um, all right, I think we can get right into it. Um, cool. <laughs> We've been waiting for this one to for a while. Mm. A I, lot of people have been waiting for this one for a while. <laughs> I think so. We've been like pretty excited about it, and I'm just like, man, I just wanted to be. I'm glad we waited a bit, to be honest. So, I think for introduction wise, uh, Phil Red, mm-hmm. welcome to the podcast. Thank you. You introduced us to human design. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know how you want to intro. Maybe you want to just give a breakdown of what, A, what human design is and then kind of how you came about it. Okay. <clears throat> you know, I, I really think that about 80 to 90% of the people that search online for what human design is actually miss the point. Very simply, all human design is, is it's a tool for decision making. It's a way that we can learn to trust our bodies our life form intelligence to lead us through different opportunities in life and as we do that we mitigate or reduce the amount of resistance and resistance shows up as depression anxiety emotional physical mental resistance in different areas and it really puts you in a flow state and the longer you're in your flow state, you meet your signature for you, your generator, your signature is satisfaction. The longer you reside in satisfaction, according to your decision-making, you're changing your neuroplasticity and you're bringing out the potential of awareness. I met human design. You know, it's funny. I was coming out of an ayahuasca ceremony mm-hmm. and... <clears throat> I think I was in a. I think I was in a grumpy mood. I think it was like a like a you know one of those <laughs> not a brutal <laughs> brutal brutal integrations, mm-hmm. and someone approached me and said, you know, do you are you familiar with human design? Do you want to look at your chart? And I just really was really quick to wave them off. No, 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 yeah. I'm good. And then, <laughs> and then I you know I, I I did it, and they told me you know you're an emotional projector, and it just had zero resonance for me. And then weeks later, I met. Uh, you know, bumped into the person again and she was pretty committed to, you know, Mm. having this conversation with me. And I did it and she said a few things that really hit me pretty heavy. Like, you know, you need to be invited into things or you get really bitter. You don't like being rejected or you get really bitter. And I was like, oh, no, I I resonate to that. (laughs) (laughs) How do you know me? (laughs) Yeah. And then it was probably a year and a half later I was on Facebook and I someone saw someone giving an advertisement for a human design reading. And I thought, why not? So I had the reading and there were a few more things that were really interesting and really significant in the reading that, that you know, like I felt seen. Mm-hmm. So I asked her what 
information she was pulling all of this from, what was her source. And she showed me that book that you have, the definitive book oh. of yeah, Human Design. Yeah. And I got that on Amazon and then I read it twice within that month. And I was just mm. kind of like, whoa. And then after that, it just went off to the races for me. I think like this is my, cause I would say it's very similar. Mm. I, I just have this weird, I don't know, like I have a weird way about conversations where I can like pick up certain things. Mm. And in my head, I'm like, oh, this guy is so full of shit. <laughs> cause I heard <laughs> like, sure. oh, you're a manifester. And it's, <clears throat> I, I'm so I love I love a lot of things about these like I don't know what you call them this like it's new agey stuff mm-hmm. for sure mm-hmm. and, and I like a lot of it honestly because I'm fairly open to just ridiculous shit <laughs> but a lot of it gets overboard really quickly and mm-hmm. I like so I hear a ser- we used to have a thing where we're like band words like we had a lot of band words words like evolution mm-hmm. and optimization and those are on like those are on the like corporate speak side of it mm-hmm. um, but. On the like new agey spiritual side, I would say the word spiritual is very like, I would consider it a banned word just because I think it's overused, misunderstood, and I don't know, used for reasons that seem nefarious when you get mm. through it. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of this stuff happens. So when you hear you like talk about manifest or something, and I was like, uh, oh God, <laughs> like this is like some dude is just telling like magic beans. Aaron. Yeah. Aaron's yeah. a white light conscious being <laughs> yeah, exactly. of infinite love. And I was I'm just like, like, this sounds amazing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I resonate with this. I, I had the hardest time telling people I was into human design when I got into it. When they're like, what do you do? I'm like, <clears throat> just stuff. No, tell people about people. And, and that's, that's essentially what I think it is. And that like, um, but to, to kind of like not fast forward, but like, give you an idea today when so you read our friend sam mm-hmm. and sam texted me right after mm. and I, so i haven't talked to him about this mark and blair shared with him his profile and they showed me and i just sent him a couple quick things that like i don't know what it is it's like uh, because i'm still really new at learning this stuff i don't know a lot of it but i can start recognizing features and body graphs and certain mm-hmm. numbers come together and I go, Oh, this person's like that. And this quality. And because I know him, I was like, this is, this is something that will probably like get his attention. Mm-hmm. So I told him a little bit about the intuition pathway and also the like undefined ego and competitiveness, but the need for struggle. Those are the things that stood out to me. And so I mentioned him and he was like, whatever. And I was like, yeah, whatever. And then today he was like, what the fuck after you're reading he goes i'm my mind is melted Mm -hmm. and i go yeah wait till you're sitting at night alone staring up at the ceiling and it hits you that this might actually be real it's not it's not nothing Mm. and you will have a panic attack because Mm. you're like what it implies is that there's an organization to the universe that there's a method for which human beings are certain ways Mm -hmm. and it isn't necessarily a you know, quote unquote, divine power, but it is something <clears throat> orchestrated in the universe that goes, Ooh, I feel real small now because yeah. it just depends on what, like where I'm at in concert with certain planetary, you know, big, big, big universal concepts. My body is like a reflection of this thing. And I go, I'm about to freak the fuck out. Mm-hmm. But back up to when I'm, I was like, Oh, this is fucking 
you know, oh, here we go again. This guy's going to tell us about how we're all angels or like, oh, when does Jesus come into it? Was like, <laughs> you know, like, and I think the first thing you said was like, you were like, oh, come meet my husband. And I was like, hey, and he, you knew immediately. You're, oh, you're a generator. <laughs> like you could just feel it. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know what that means. Yeah. And you're like, oh, well, and I think you, the thing you gave us, if I can remember right, maybe I'm just like, what I took away from it was, like, you guys need to rest differently. Mm-hmm. And you just said one thing that was like, yeah, that makes sense. It was like, she's a manifester, so she needs to go to bed before she's tired. And you're a generator, wait till you're exhausted. And mm-hmm. you were like, very specific. You're like, you guys will quit bickering if you do that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what a fucking presumptuous, very <laughs> true thing that you just analyzed. Asshole. Yeah, I was like, fuck, what'd you tell him? <laughs> so mad at her. And then I was like, okay, cool, whatever. And I think if I remember the night, that was the night you, you ended up going home. I don't think you stayed that night. It was like, I don't know when, when it was, but it was like a couple months later mm-hmm. that I was like, I need to look into this thing. Yeah. It's just like out of nowhere it just kind of slapped me in the face and i was like i'm gonna do it and so i just i think i called you reached out and i was like even then i was like this is fucking stupid here's the best part is like me and aaron decided to do it (laughs) you go you sent me a 150 page book Mm -hmm. and you're like as soon as you read this then come talk to me i was like this guy has a terrible business model (laughs) i didn't think i'd hear from you (laughs) right (laughs) and then i was like but for sure i gotta read it because like aaron won't and so i read the whole thing in like i think 48 hours or Mm -hmm. something and i was like cool I, i i got a better idea about what i was coming into but it was a very like overview mm-hmm. of the big picture and then when i sat down with you i was like just so you know aaron is never gonna read that and you're like i know i gave her like a five minute video <laughs> and i was like well what the fuck <laughs> and you're like well this is your personality and you went right into it about like this is this is what you need in order to be open to new ideas mm-hmm. and you describe something that i was like that was the first moment i go ah shit like how can you know so much about somebody without having really knowing them Mm -hmm. and it's this method Mm -hmm. and um and that's where our journey began with this kind of weird system and by now if you've listened to the podcast everybody has heard us Mm -hmm. everybody has heard us talk about it in reference we talk about it in symposiums mostly in passing as a joke because i'm not the per i never tell somebody to like go do it Mm -hmm. but when people ask me today about like what are some of the biggest shifts you make because we shift quite a bit around Mm -hmm. and we're pretty honest about our practices like but honestly, this kind of stuff is probably just as big, if not bigger, because it's a, to me, it feels like a, an objective measurement of your own personality, if that's correct. I don't know if that sounds right, but that's, it's like checking a book that tells you what you're supposed to be like seems like a bad idea. Mm-hmm. You know, it sounds horoscopy. It sounds like you know uh what was the cleo the fortune teller kind of like, <laughs> miss cleo miss cleo. cleo yeah miss cleo it's like <laughs> that sounds like a bad idea but at this point i go it is so accurate for me that i can't help but trust it mm-hmm. and that that is what you would call the experiment right yeah um so when you first got it like maybe you can explain in your process like what, what was your experience what brought you to the point where you now teach about it and and actually do readings <clears throat> sorry mark <laughs> <laughs> perfect <clears throat> the question is what brought me to the point of 
of of being able, like what brought you to the point where you went like oh not only is this thing very helpful but it's my path to actually use it on like to help other people discover it you know kind of as you were describing the potential scenario that sam can run into laying in bed at night staring at the scene like like oh my god what if all of this is real as I started studying human design, I'm a 5'1 like you, and I really like to investigate. And as I started investigating more and more, I just had this real deep recognition that there was something in this. There was something in this. And I had never felt more seen in my life <laughs> by all the different descriptions that I was reading. And I was also very conflicted because I was, I had it. I, I had such a deep relationship to what I was not. I identified so deeply with being a generator, mm -hmm. with trying to prove myself, with working really hard. And what what line of work were you in before this? Not to interrupt, but no, yeah, I worked in software. Uh, okay, mm -hmm. yeah, okay. And so it's like methodical work, mm -hmm. right? And it's time expansive because mm -hmm. you're just constantly programming or you're in front of a screen all day, that kind of deal. I, you know, I actually went out and I met with. Uh, CFOs and okay. CTOs, and I talk about their technology, and I'd be able to assess what's working and what isn't working. Mm. So it was a lot of, you know, um, travel too. Mm -hmm. So I, I started reading this book, and I just had this real deep recognition that um, I'm I'm starting to see myself, and I'm starting to feel seen in all of this, and it slowly just started taking over. It slowly just started like I couldn't help but notice the 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 different characteristics in other people. As you said, you know, you'd meet someone who's like a manifesting generator, a three five. Mm. And I started noticing those things. And the biggest shift for me is the moment I started noticing my emotional wave. Because I have an yeah. unconscious emotional wave. And that concept of no truth in the now and that concept of no one moment in time can ever represent the full truth for me just started really ringing because the moment that I realized that, you know, how I see the world is so dependent upon where I'm at in my wave, mm -hmm. automatically the mental stories around so many different things started dissolving because, well, maybe that's just the lens I'm seeing it through. I can't trust myself in that moment. I've got to look at it through time and I've got to have different snapshots. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. I, I think <clears> like, <throat> uh, I mean, you mentioned the the unconscious thing. So I think that's worth uh, talking about mm -hmm. and maybe like defining uh, along the way. I think the best way to maybe, maybe to go about, maybe not. Because what we're talking about is such a vastly complex system. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I don't think... I don't think people, if they study it for 10 years, could grasp the totality of it still, oh, from, yeah. from my I, understanding. I agree. And, and I'm pretty, like, I like complex things. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I we study very complex subjects. This seems like one of the most complex ones I've ever tried to pick up, mm -hmm. um, mostly because um, concepts like this, you, you have to define in a very specific way what you're talking about. And that's what I think maybe drew me in a little bit closer to the system is because they do define everything mm -hmm. uh, and the subconscious conscious uh is is like it's a major theme we're talking about your design and your personality essentially mm -hmm. right yeah um do you want to talk about like <clears throat> what those mean in the overarching design this might have to do with like your numbers that are associated yeah yeah you know human design establishes the 
<clears throat> fact that we're a binary consciousness, that we have a dual consciousness within us, that we have this, these consistent characteristics that are very aware or very present to other, everyone around us, but they're unconscious to us, you know, um, it really establishes that our body is capable of living a life without us trying to tell it what to do mentally. Like, for example, you know, if you've ever been driving somewhere and you get caught in some conversation in your head for 10 minutes, and then before you know it, you arrive at your destination, you're like, what the hell? You know, like, what exit did I take? Um, our bodies are fully capable of getting us where we need to go. And so that's the design consciousness. It's usually these red boxes, the red activations within a body graph, and those gates and lines are just characteristics, themes that play out in a person's life. That's all. And again, it means that we have no conscious access to them because they're unconscious within us. Then we have the personality side, which is the black. And this is... This is the imprint of our mind. This is who we think we think we are. Mm. It's not us, but it's how our mind operates. And we have access to that. You know, you're hearing me through that. You're filtering. You're, you know, you're going through your whole mental process with that. And <clears throat> the moment that we go into the experiment, we start recognizing and paying attention to these unconscious aspects of us. We start learning things about ourselves because we can only see the effects of them. Does that answer the question? Yeah, for yeah. sure. And I think uh, to kind of uh, maybe elaborate on that, how why this is why why looking at something like uh, human design is because a lot of what we do in our actual profession has mm -hmm. to do with like bringing up unconscious behavior, mm -hmm. right? Bringing bringing awareness, and it's very Eastern philosophical in that sense. But it really has to do with people don't really understand why they fall into certain traps, right? Because I think you're right. And how you described it, I think this is the fundamental thing um, that I had to fight really hard against, but it's become probably the biggest truth about human design. And mm -hmm. that's that um, all the intelligence is actually in the body. Mm -hmm. And I think that is so overwhelmingly true, uh, especially when you put it in light of, uh, you know, our culture is saying one thing. Um, it's saying that the mind is primary. So much so that our old, like, you know, copywritten or a trademarked saying at the at another place that Mark uh, had started is like the mind is primary. It's the most important thing. That's the thing that we need to respect. And that's really what our culture has fostered in us, in, in especially in like the diminutive, like, don't be stupid. Mm -hmm. Think about it, like make better decisions by thinking. We come from the seven centered species, you know, where I mean, we the kundalini energy rising from the root chakra all the way to the crown is we're here to be aware through our mind mm -hmm. up until 1781 so it's it's still floating around it's still floating around <laughs> we'll get it i think we'll, we'll yeah yeah for sure well for sure uh we'll for sure touch i think on that specifically um the i think the really interesting thing about the like understanding that the mind it's not that the mind is useless though mm -mm. right like, and that's not what it's saying no not at um, all it, it's very it's it's trying to put it in perspective of what actually happens and i think man you can notice really quickly if you if your thinking process had to be responsible for your living process mm -hmm. cell proliferation 
heart rate, heartbeat, you know, delivering oxygen to the mitochondria. Like, if you get in... We'd be dead. <laughs> everybody, five <laughs> minutes, dead. It's not going to happen. No, you're going to be so dead. Mm-hmm. And that that's where I first was like, oh, okay, like, this is on to something because this is something that we've had to learn the hard way over and over again. Mm-hmm. For me, I had to learn, like, I, I'm not... I, I wouldn't say, like, I'm a... I wouldn't say I'm a smart person because I know very intelligent people. So I think it's like, but I'm not stupid. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I've used my thinking to get to where I am. But it it has stopped my development because the thinking, like uh, what I would say is logic is limited, right? Um, Logic in any scenario has a limitation and feeling is not. I think it's infinite. Because you can always feel deeper and better and more sensitivity. The more sensitive you are, that's kind of how we describe mastery in mm-hmm. no matter what the field. You want to be the best rock climber in the world, you're more sensitive to your environment, more sensitive to your body, more more intuitive, I would say. There's hardly any logic that goes into that. I mean, you can rationalize, oh, I need to put my hand like this. But if you have to think during the act where feeling should be, you know, the primary thing, you're not going to be very good at it. And, and the mind can't tell you what is correct for you. You know, mm-hmm. the, the mind can't do that. The mind's always measuring, you know, it's in human design is not moralistic, no good, bad, right or wrong. But, you know, it doesn't mean, you know, like if I'm going in for a job and, and my mind weighs out all the pros and cons of this job, mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that it's correct for me. That doesn't mean it's going to be, bring me closer to my purpose. It doesn't mean that it's yeah. going to be the correct experience. That's something where, you know, human design establishes that we have this magnetic monopole that's within us, that connects us to our, our line of geometry, our trajectory. And the more that we just trust our vehicle, our body to say, okay, yes, no, this, that. Could you describe that magnetic <clears throat> monopole a little bit? Like specific, like what if somebody was like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Mm-hmm. Like what what would be the way that they could understand the concept of that? It's a magnet that always attracts. It doesn't repel. It, it holds us in, together in the illusion of our separation. So we have this design consciousness. This, these characteristics of us that were imprinted 88 days before we were born, mm-hmm. and then our personality at the time of our birth. And it holds them together in this mystical union. And it also holds all of us together, mm. connected in this you know experience of life. It rests right within the sternum. Ah, okay. In, 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 in relation to, you mentioned before that we were seven centered beings that would pay attention to like Hindu traditions, Mm -hmm. uh, chakras kind of deal. But what we, what you'd call is energy centers, Mm -hmm. um, to somebody who has like a high bullshit meter, Mm -hmm. um, I was one of those people that's like, oh, I would always like, you're, you're like, you know, using your root chakra to talk out your throat chakra. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Uh, Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's, uh, how is that, a, a, how is that even possible that there were seven and that there's nine and how could somebody who is kind of skeptical even conceptualize that? a great question i mean you know we we went through this evolution in consciousness we we all know about going from neanderthal to cro magnum to homo sapien right and we saw the actual physical bone structure changing we mm-hmm. saw you know how we evolved as a species and 
it's presented that in 1781, we went through another type of evolution, but that evolution was internal. And we no longer had the type of seven-centered mechanism where we had awareness through the root going all the way up to the crown. Now it was based upon these different awareness centers that were within our body. So that's the thing is that it's so hard for me to ever try to convince someone on the logic Mm -hmm. Because it's the same thing with you. It's like I've, you know, I've got to like have all your listeners read a book. Yeah. And then, but what it comes down to is it's just the experimentation. The moment that someone can really start validating and creating mental registries of their own of like, wow, I'm, I'm hitting my signature more. I'm meeting less resistance. I'm noticing these things. That's where it gets a lot easier to recognize these, you know, the concept of nine centered versus seven centered. Because I have readings all the time with people that are like, no, we're seven centered. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, especially if they come from like other traditions, right? Strong yogic yoga background. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think that's, um, I, that was, that was an interesting thing for me. Um, especially when you phrase it like that, you're like, <clears throat> it's an experiment and mm-hmm. what you're supposed to do is not trust me, but take this concept that is purely, you could call it faith-based, but it's really like this concept is based off of this idea in this design. And if you take the concept and you apply, not that it's good or bad either way, it's just you will feel different one way or the other. And the and the, the guess is that if you uh, live your design, like mm-hmm. how, how your body was meant to operate energetically and with other people and uh, in decision-making, um, then you'll have better outcomes mm-hmm. is kind of the deal. And so that's kind of what made it go, oh, okay, like I don't need to like, I don't know, pray to Mecca. I don't mm-hmm. need to like do anything specific for this to get the reward. The reward isn't just like applying this concept and seeing if it turns around. Test and verify. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I mean, with Aaron, it was kind of interesting because I think Aaron is a, Aaron's a different one. Mm-hmm. Like she didn't have the profundity that I did from mm-hmm. the experience, but I, I would say that's because she naturally, she, she, she is such a, more natural intuitively per, uh, a more intuitive person than i am naturally mm. she she just like she i think she knows who she is mm. which is really strange mm. um not not that you're really strange but i'll, I'll come on what so you have a defined <clears throat> ego no but no, all all of your definition is unconscious like oh, okay. All of okay. your definition and typically manifestors <laughs> they can you know an emotional manifestor knows that they're emotional People yeah, around okay. them are always reminding them that they're emotional. Okay. You know? So there's that aspect. Oh, so her G center. That's what I meant. <clears throat> the, is so, open. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is open. Your G center is open. Mm-hmm. What was the part? I thought, that, but I thought your identity was. My, yeah, my heart's defined. Is that mm-hmm. what it is? No. One of the, one of the two I think your G center is defined. No, both of them are open. Oh wait, no, I'm yeah, sorry. One yeah, Jesus. Yeah, because um, this was the. Yeah. I think this is one of the points that I always go. Oh, this makes so like how it's defined. Sorry, Mark. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's like, no, it's totally fine. Um, I think um, how it was defined when you first read. Like, I, I mean, you told me, and it made total sense because uh, of how I interact with people. You said, "Oh, you don't have a defined G center, therefore you'll never know who you are." Right? There's no identity there. Yeah. You, you're yeah. very. It's kind of, it depends on Mm. what you're doing, who you're hanging Mm. out with. That's how you form yourself. Mm. And it's really funny because 
I knowingly, consciously will ask people like, how do you see me? Like, what mm-hmm. am I to you? Because that gives me a better idea of what am I am. I? <laughs> yeah, kind of. But in a way, it's like, how, what kind of person do you think I am? Mm-hmm. And then I'll know, like, I guess I am kind of that kind of person. But Aaron, <laughs> Aaron, you couldn't tell her shit. Right, she. You would be like, you're this kind of person. You'd be like, go fuck yourself. No, I'm not. Or you'd be like, yeah, of course I am. Does that feel? Yeah. Is that accurate? And I thought it was like a weird conf. <laughs> like I looked at it as the difference between optimistic and pessimistic, <laughs> but it's really like a design quality. I'm not ever supposed to know who I am. That's not your trip. How does that? How is that even a quality? <laughs> like I'm a human being. And mm-hmm. I, this resonates perfectly. And I, other people that I meet that have the same thing, I, I'm, they will agree for sure that like, oh, yeah, I don't know who I am. Mm-hmm. Once you r- r- realize it, but then you also understand that I'm, I don't need to find out. Mm-hmm. Right? I stop searching for like an identity. Mm-hmm. And instead, I just have an experience. You have an experience and you are so incredibly sensitive to your environment and the people around you that when you're in an environment, you take on the characteristics of the environment and also the people within the environment. So it's like I did this, um, I was giving an example to someone, I think I told you this, but I pulled up this picture of Brad Pitt (laughs) on the internet and it's like he has seven different women and he looked exactly like each one because he's so open and he has this open G-Center. And I always say, you know, open G-Center people spend enough time with someone, they start looking like them. Yeah. That's hilarious. He, it's true, though. It's true. He, he looks just like when he's dating like Jennifer Aniston. His hair starts to their clothing. Uh-huh. Je, the uh, Angelina Jolie, same thing. He starts getting like first a, lips. Yeah, it's trying to yeah. get like a heroin chic look. Yeah, for, You're for like, sure. this is so fucking so funny. This is so strange, but it is a hundred percent true. And and it's and it's really a gift. I mean, it, there so many people I meet with are really obsessed with trying to figure out what their identity is and who I, who, I, who I am. And that's just really not the trip of the open G. I mean, the mm-hmm. wisdom there is that you really are here to be wise about the people that know who they are. You're here to be wise about the people that have a strong identity. And, you know, based upon that is so much of your gift. Uh, let's talk about the, the major archetypes mm. in okay. this system because i think um yeah i like how we're bouncing around and honestly if it feels weird to other people i would just say there's no way to organize this stuff so that it it doesn't have a there's no logical way to put this stuff together so that it makes perfect sense right is that fair yeah yeah that's okay. fair i mean you know i'm trying to get comfortable on a on audio here oh yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. my cave <laughs> no yeah. no that's totally fine does it feel better with the door closed yeah too? yeah it's funny as a cave guy i was like i kept noticing i'm doing this i'm like why am i um, like oh, let's I, knew oh yeah. that, I knew that's what you were doing i liked like, it oh, open because of airflow but he yeah, closed it because he <laughs> likes he likes caves yeah i, I was curious <laughs> if i'm going to be different. able to focus different i'm curious if i'm going to be able to articulate yeah. different based upon being in the right environment and that's another big thing for people is that the moment that they recognize how important they're their, how sensitive their body is to the right environment, oh, yeah. everything changes. Like, you know, when I started just noticing that I'm a cave guy, mm-hmm. I started changing the way I sat in some places mm-hmm. and I started paying attention more to my body. And I noticed that when my body was relaxed, I was more articulate. I could access thoughts. What does that mean? You're a cave guy. Like, and, and what? It's all about security. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it means that 
you know, typical cave guy is, you know, you walk, the, you see them going to a restaurant. The first thing they're going to do is they're going to find a place where they can put their back up against the wall and see the entrance and the exit, see who's coming and going. I thought that was paranoia. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, yeah, for real. <laughs> it's, it's all about, sec- it's like my best conversations are when I'm in a secure environment. Cave people can yeah. really relate to having a great conversation in a car, in an office, four walls and a door. The longer I've been in this experiment, I just noticed, you know, when I'm really jumpy and I'm moving around, my body's just saying, okay, I can't, I can't relax here. Yeah. There's something that is off, which I mean, man, we've known the importance of environments for a really long time because we designed them for Mm -hmm. people to, to elicit certain behaviors out of people. Mm -hmm. So it only makes sense. I think the weird, the the stretch there is that it's predetermined that this is probably one of the biggest Mm. changes is to understand that what you respond to isn't, you can be conditioned, Mm -hmm. right? But that's not necessarily a positive thing because you're going against natural inclination. And that's one thing that we've had to really, in our personal practice of nutrition, training people for physical efforts, one of the things that we really try to do is not go against the grain. Mm -hmm. Like what is somebody's natural inclination? What do they want to eat like? And don't necessarily fight that. Now, if you're doing something special, conditioning behavior so that you can like temporarily get achieve something, it might be necessary. But if somebody wants something to work, you really has to it has to flow, mm-hmm. right? Like you're eat, if somebody's like, man, I just I don't like eating like more than once, and you're like, cool, we have to figure this out. Now that might be harder to do certain things, and you might have to trick them a, a, a little bit, but you really don't want to fight that. On the opposite mm-hmm. end, if somebody likes snacking around, snack around and find out the <laughs> the idea is that you keep that there so that they they can like it's a natural sense and then because the less you fight the the more your energy can be productive towards something that you want to have happen that's kind of how i look at this whole thing is like if if you're what we call like living your design Mm -hmm. i think it really puts your energy to what you would really want to have happen is that kind of yeah it, it slowly starts coming in alignment i mean when I look at someone's chart, they'll say, you know, what should I eat? What shouldn't I eat? And I can see, you know, maybe they shouldn't eat red meat. Maybe they should. Uh, maybe they do well with a specific diet. But it's always just practice your strategy and authority and see what shakes, see what lands. And is that strategy and authority is built? Would that be based mm-hmm. off of the archetype, right? Yep. Okay. So uh, let's go through the archetypes. What are the what are the types, and what is like a generic kind of associated mm-hmm. um, quality to them? So there's four aura types. Um, manifesting generators and generators have the same aura. Uh, the aura means that they're just very open and enveloping. They're taking in people. They're taking in life around them. They can do well in groups. And their strategy means that they're literally here to respond to life. Everything that's correct for them will come to them and they can respond through the, you know, the grunting, the sounds of the sacral, the uh uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> I was just about to go, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I, <laughs> Generators are here to use their energy and they're here to use their energy in a satisfying way. And then there's projectors and projectors are here for awareness and projectors have a strategy that is invitation only the aura of a projector is focused and penetrating the reflector has an open has a has a aura that's like a teflon you know it kind of it repels and it samples 
they're here to wait for a full lunar cycle and then you have the manifester and the manifester is closed in repelling and they're here to inform people is their strategy so they're the opposite of a reflector yeah i mean manifestors are kind of like the opposite of everyone oh okay yeah I, and so no one wants to be my friend. I'm just <laughs> no, the, the, I think the difference is that everybody wants to be your friend, but you don't need anybody. Oh, yeah. Sorry, guys. No, it's, it's like kind of fascinating. Like mm-hmm. I, I always, I don't know. Um, I think when people look at me and Aaron, especially if you don't know us, like very personally, mm-hmm. it comes off that I'm actually introverted and that she is extroverted, mm-hmm. right? Through public appearance, mm-hmm. and the second you interact like in person it's like oh no i'm actually a true extrovert as mm-hmm. in i get energy from interacting with people mm-hmm. and she is drained by it <laughs> mm-hmm. so she she's tends the shyness yeah, yeah there's like a inherent shyness to mm-hmm. aaron it's kind of but it's really interesting because she could literally she could ha- i think you could just sit at home all day every day other than like you would want to train you'd want to be like active but you could sit home all day a little and, bit <laughs> and and not talk to anybody and probably be okay yeah is that accurate? I, in fact when i was 18 i moved to 95 95 emigration canyon mm-hmm. the highest house at the time up emigration canyon and i lived there alone when i was 18 years old and i didn't have a car and it was i loved it <laughs> <laughs> and i didn't realize like my friends were like come on we're gonna go to a party and i'm like yeah. uh nice up here (laughs) but i think if i were to get my human design done if i would have gotten my human design done like six years ago Mm -hmm. i don't think that i would have fit that i think i was just living my not self uh, so much so that nothing that you said would resonate with me Mm -hmm. so i don't know what turned and what switched but now i'm like oh that's so me Mm -hmm. or maybe it just maybe i'm more aware to like how i feel you know, when I you came into your season. Yeah, I came into my season. I really, truly am a hermit, though. Oh, yeah. Like through and through. And I think that that's why I get along so well with with Elo mm-hmm. is because she's she's a manifester as well. Mm-hmm. And she is a hermit. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if hermit is like her one of her numbers, but she is she's she, kind of a hermit anyway. She's a three something. I think but. she's a three one or a three six or something like that. But. Yeah, it's kind of interesting that um, you're going to look up her profile real quick. I'm just curious. (laughs) We're just calling out people's profiles, which is fine. If you met us and you've interacted with us, you're fair game. That's the rule. She's a 5'1". She's a 5'1". Oh, she's a 5'1". So you guys have a perfect harmony, too. There's a great communication, just like you and Michael. Two Uh, fours and five ones have a perfect harmony. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. That's what we were talking about before, how they match up. That's actually Mm -hmm. been... How come I didn't know that she was Mm -hmm. a a 5'1"? Because Sam's a 5'1", too. Which is probably why you get along with Sam. I mean, yeah. here's the weird thing: there, there is, there's profiles that are definitely like less cool for me. Like, and I don't want to say that. Like, Nerd, get out! Right? There's just like I don't know what it is. There's just certain things where you're like, oh, it's that kind of person. And in, mm-hmm. in, in fact, you don't even have to know your numbers. So now I'm starting to be able to call it, which I think is the sadder part. Or the more interesting part, I guess you could call it. I can always pinpoint like a manifesting generator female. Yeah. And they Mm. feel, their energy feels like batteries on my tongue. Like Mm. it's like palpable. Like Mm -hmm. I can, I can feel it that much. And they're chaotic to me. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like I'm being yelled at just being in their presence. And so I'm just like this. 
<laughs> Get away from me. And I, it's funny because I've worked with quite a few in nutrition and yeah. I, uh, I'll i be on the phone with manifesting generator females and I'm like, just stop. I don't need a backstory on anymore. Like, we're done here. Like, here are the steps that I want you to follow. And then the next <laughs> conversation we have, I'm like, wait a minute. You went from step one to 17. Like, we got to come back. Let's let's go back to step two, mm. you know, and it's it's chaos. It's like I'm organizing chaos and I fired a lot of manifesting generator. Oh, yeah. Female nutrition clients. It's, it's kind uh, of interesting. But males are totally different. Yeah, they're they, so skip, different. they skip steps, yeah. you know, all yeah. MGs. You know, they're, it's it's funny. I met with Sam right before I came here. Mm-hmm. And I can always tell I'm talking to an MG before I know if you know, obviously yeah. I knew his chart, but because yeah. I start stammering. Because it's so much energy. I'm just oh. like amplifying the sacral. Yeah. And I'll notice it. So even before I came here, I, you know, kind of cleaned the Airbnb. Yeah. And then, you know, <laughs> I was like, I got to burn off this energy. You know, I was kind of like shaking. Yeah. Dude, that is so funny. This gets so weird. And I think, I think this is got, so we went over the archetypes and that, that was the first thing. I think this is the, this is where a lot of people get caught up though. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and this is like. I had this issue too when I was like, okay, there's archetypes and then there's like, let's just call them subconscious and conscious bylines is how I thought about it. You have your self that you're aware of and the self that you're not aware of, which is, I think traditionally follows a pretty, uh, it's a pretty traditional uh, like spiritual path in mm-hmm. one sense. Um, you could call it the shadow and the light or whatever. Commonly accepted that concept. Yeah, yeah there, there's like parts of us. Um, the trap I think people get into is like once I identify I am a 5-1 and we'll, we'll get into the the numbers kind of deal or I'm a 3-5 and this is my archetype. Mm-hmm. You think that then a lot of people go, oh, well, there's only, you know, however, whatever the, the variations that are 12. available between there. Yeah. So there's 12 mm-hmm. variations and you're like, um, yeah, there's 12 variations, but there's an infinite in the complexity and the circuitry. Nuances within all of that. That make that them make all them unique, different. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's the other thing is like, cause that's my big thing with like, uh, not that, I mean, horoscopes by themselves are a little bit ridiculous. My, my whole thing was like the, the star sequences that we're looking at that describe say Scorpio or whatever, those individual stars are not connected to each other in any logical way. Right. It's just from our perspective, they <laughs> connect, a, they connect a pattern that we're seeing, mm-hmm. but the pattern itself, if you were to look at it from being in that area would be a totally different thing so they're not influencing um, themselves so that that was like the easy logical way to get away from it and also the fact you're like there's only 12 different type of people like it's the same thing with like everybody born in the year of the dog is the same it's not 12 okay sure yeah yeah. but that's this that's like the simplification sure yeah yeah so I, i did kind of the same thing with this it was like okay so we're now back down to that but then really this is human design is saying that it's about the differentiation. It's about the differences between every single human being. Even if you were a very similar archetype, even a very similar byline, subconscious, whatever, uh, and you would have, you know, similar definition, you would still have total differences that would make that person an actual individual. Yeah. It was like Kendra current who we, you know, I taught with her, um, in the LYD, she's a twin and her sibling was born a minute and a half before or after. I can't remember, but, they're so dramatically different mm-hmm. just based upon that small time variation. And, but they're both projectors. They're both three, five emotional projectors. They have all the same gate activations. Mm-hmm. It's just one thing changes at the very bottom, which is the base, base imprint. 
Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, that's that. That makes more sense. I grew up with twins as well. They were some of my best friends for a lot of years, and they were vastly different, mm-hmm. like identical twins. Mm-hmm. Um, Same. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, I've there's a couple like Dave. You know, Dave's quarrel with the whole system. He's like, well, what? Explain twins. And I'm like, well, you have you ever met twins? <laughs> They're totally different. Yeah, they're so different. And and there's a lot of conditioning that happens. Like Kendra's female, her brother's male. I mean, you look at the conditioning that Mm -hmm. happens between, you know, hanging out with all girls and hanging out with the guys and these different things. But it's fascinating because you can see the similarities within them. Mm -hmm. And then you can also see just the differences based upon the activations within their chart too. Even if it's a minute and a half difference, how that really plays out. Yeah, Interesting. I think th- this is um, <laughs> it's the only thing. Well, it's not. I guess it's not the only. But it's it's one of the it's one of the few things that has allowed me to have actually a lot of compassion for people. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not naturally inclined to give a shit about anybody. <laughs> like I just, I you know, and you could call that conditioning. People that are very close, I care deeply about. But I, maybe that's the tribalism in me. Is mm-hmm. like I'm very tribal, but I think how you described it is you're, you're very into a tribe, but being different than who you belong to. Mm-hmm. It was kind of a quad. And it's like that makes sense. Like I, I'm not wearing matching jackets with anybody. <laughs> deal. Uh, but the the compassion part really came in because uh, especially uh, I think a lot of projectors are attracted to m- my way of putting out energy, mm-hmm. um, and I need them in in kind of i need them to help guide certain efforts that we do mm-hmm. however that sounds to somebody i don't know but that's kind of how i feel about it mm-hmm. mark's a projector mm-hmm. um he has guided me you know mm-hmm. my whole adult life mm-hmm. in, and i've provided a lot of energy for him like mm-hmm. a lot of work mm-hmm. energy mm-hmm. i think not and he he kind of def- defies a projector and you attract in resources based upon your frequency yeah mm-hmm. um and what I know, like I used to just think people were fucking lazy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I was like so frustrated. I know it's a quality of being a janitor. <laughs> it's, a, it's a not selfie, but literally frustrated with like trying to get people that say that they want to do what we do or they want the thing that I'm telling them how to do, teaching mm-hmm. uh, obviously and investigating is being in my in my profile. That's always just been my life. No matter what the position that I have in whatever career, mm-hmm. I'm a teacher and I investigate. Like it's it's mm-hmm. just part of it, and that's the five one. Um, I just naturally have been inclined to do that, but it, it is part of my design, so it makes sense now that that's the thing. But I've always been frustrated with people that don't put out enough energy and learning about a projector as like an how they maintain their energy or how they can't maintain their energy because they're a low energy source and their inability to work like a generator Mm -hmm. started to make so much more sense that when I meet a projector, I kind of have this soft spot, you know, especially they don't know. Uh, And now, especially with like the physical part of it, I really go, man, you shouldn't be training very hard, Mm -hmm. right? Like even if you like moving around and stuff, we really got to treat differently. Yeah, that's huge. I used to, I mean, when I go out on these sales calls, when I worked in software, after day two, day three, I just was done. I was done. If we, if I had to go work a conference, if yeah. I had meetings back to back, I had to go back to the hotel and just rest because I was exhausted. 
Yeah. It's just the worst thing for me. And then all my mental faculties shut down. I'm not here for the physical transformation of the planet like the generator. Mm. I'm here for the mental one. Uh, okay. So when we get exhausted, we're really, you know, it's just so incredibly damaging to the projector. We're really losing our, our capacity to, you know, see. Yeah. The, and this, this I've is... seen Mark do that. Yeah. I, I mean, just watching him give his, his oh, talk yeah. up in Bozeman last weekend. I mean, he, I mean, he said it perfectly. He said, I cut <clears throat> myself open and Mm -hmm. i give everything and then Mm -hmm. the next day he's like i'm gonna stare at the wall all day oh yeah because he he gives everything you know and then he he needs like a week Mm -hmm. or maybe more but sometimes more i mean after symposiums for sure um man it might be two or three weeks before he's like he can be creative again or he Mm -hmm. can like actually work on something Mm -hmm. in a constructive manner and i think he was starting to find these things out about himself. Mm-hmm. Um, he had masked as a generator for a very long time. You know, he's for not sure. he's not a lazy person. Mm-hmm. But I also think a lot of his physical damage is because of that, right? Like he, man, it, it was almost like he was he is one of the most prolific like athletes that mm-hmm. I've ever met. Like he picks up things, he practices very well, he practices very hard. He always is, he's so disciplined that he can put himself in really bad positions. Mm-hmm. And now that you look at it, you go, oh, yeah, you are fighting your natural inclination to not do that. And that, that might be where the damage occurs. Um, but to use him as like an example of somebody who is like tried to figure themselves out, by the time he got a reading from you, he was like, yeah, I know. Like, it's kind of like, you know what I mean? Like, he's like old enough and experienced enough to be like, yeah, I know. I know I can't do that. Um, And maybe he had, he learned the hard way, which is, um, I think what this system is trying to stop people from doing. Like you, unless you're like a three, five or a (laughs) three, one, six, three, six, three. Yeah. You got a three and you're the martyr, uh, whatever. (laughs) Then you, you have to learn the hard way. You've got these struggle lines or whatever. But for, for the most part, I think, um, how you told us is like it's for children mm-hmm. right to to make sure that you don't uh condition children against their design mm-hmm. and they will have much more fulfilling lives they'll be much more free and one of the things that i think we're so thankful that we did is that we brought london to you to do a reading mm-hmm. yeah and this is like this is mind-blowing but something so and i'll call it stupid thinking the opposite but something so stupid like human design to be like yeah let's do your human design at the time i was just thinking like it'll be fun for her Mm -hmm. because it's like it's fun Mm -hmm. to be like this is what you're like no it it changed her life her yeah i didn't know that well and she related so much more Mm -hmm. to michael because she's like ha we butt heads and i'm just like you yeah motherfucker yeah Yeah, exactly that really did that it connected the two like their relationship got so much better after that because i think they had a better understanding how you know the other person worked which is really cool that and she could use it for excuses for sure Uh, yeah she'd be like what what are you doing she's like i'm investigating on tiktok (laughs) and you're like yeah right (laughs) my 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 sacral is empty i need to stay up till two do you know what's funny she about would. that? So we yeah. had never had a bedtime for her her mm-hmm. entire life. Yeah. She would always put herself to bed. Mm-hmm. And so when we would hear about kids like me and Braddy or whatever, and they're like, oh, they just wouldn't go to bed when I told them. I was like, well, why are you telling them to go to bed? Mm-hmm. Well, 
if it's a projector or a manifest, yeah, you have to tell them to go to bed. Mm-hmm. But a generator kid will ev- exhaust themselves and they'll rest perfectly. And even if they get five hours yeah. and then they have school the next day, as long as they rest, they're yeah. fine. They're good. They're yeah. totally fine. Mm-hmm. And so it really, it changed our relationship for sure, mm-hmm. but it changed um, her relationship with everything that she was doing because it put this like, it's okay to be like this mm-hmm. theme on stuff, right? It's okay to... Uh, isolate yourself for long periods of time to focus on things mm-hmm. and then it's also okay to sh- like once you come out of that stage to share those things that's what makes you learn them better and, and isn't that the coolest thing about human design is it yeah. gives you permission to be yourself i yeah. mean so many people come in and they hate aspects of themselves yes or they wish i was like this and why can't i do this i mean i you know anytime i see it hanging 53 in someone's gate. <laughs> it means that these people are amazing at starting things, but they are terrible at finishing. Uh-oh. They're not made to finish. Do I have a hanging 53? <laughs> I missed the I ego might. earlier. I'd have to look at it. <laughs> and, you know, I got into human design and I was looking at my son's chart and he has the hanging 53. So I asked a bunch of the other HD nerds. I said, you know, I, I'm trying to understand this. I, my son will start his homework and he'll never finish it. He gets about halfway through. You know, I'll be like, clean your room. He'll get halfway through. He won't finish things. And I said, how do I get him to finish? They said, who, see, who says he needs to? And I was like, what? <laughs> like, how do you survive in this world yeah. if you can't finish things? So I, I read an adult's chart and they have the 53. And I mean, at 40, 50 years of age, they, they don't want to start new things yeah. because they don't finish them. So what happens is they have all of this built up pressure that leads to depression that leads to feeling stagnant because they're not starting new things but if they have the permission of like yeah as long as it's correct you know you can't make that mental decision your mind's not going to know but if your body responds to something and it's correct for you to start this we'll start it and then someone else will finish it that that is really fascinating actually because that same Mm. not that i have this line Mm -hmm. in my design but the I, the concept that we are so influenced culturally mm-hmm. to be a very specific way and 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 that culture evolves over a very specific phenotype like right now i think we're in the midst of like hustle culture mm-hmm. right where it's like man you got to get up at 4:30 in the morning you got to rise gr- and grind you got to rise yeah. and grind you got to work hard you got to do this and you're like do I? It's actually not true for, you know, the manifester initiates, sure. you know, the generator, <laughs> it's just like, did it come to you? Don't, no, don't go get it. And that, that's kind of, I mean, I laugh at it now because you get this whole like, man, Jocko wakes up at 4.30 and starts his day. And I'm like, yeah, but I just stay He's up angry. until 4.30. He's angry like, all the time. Well, yeah, I mean, the joke I made about it the other day was like, man, he wouldn't need all those caffeine drinks that he created if he fucking slept in a little bit. <laughs> Took a nap. Yeah, you're like, but it's really interesting to see um, the influence of our culture mm-hmm. um, and each person thinking like, well, the idea of success has been imprinted. I mean, it's just completely homogenized that everyone does this you Uh act this way you act that way and you're just cutting yourself off from certain gifts you know that's my favorite mark twight quote Mm -hmm. from a i can't i think it was a climbing magazine in the 90s for sure and he had just got he can correct me on this wrong but i think he just he just did something insane and i Mm -hmm. want to say it was with scott backies too and his quote in this magazine i think they asked i can't remember how they asked it but it was like something like give us a sound bite and he goes no homo (laughs) And they're like, whoa. And he's like, no, no homogenization. Like, be original. 
And that was like his, that, that's his, like, that has been his theme for a really long time is don't, don't just become what other people want you to become. Hmm. And you're like, that is such a, like, I laughed because it's funny. It's just like, no homo, man. And you're like, you don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I, I thought it was Lil Wayne said that or something. Yeah. yeah. I was like, okay. All right. Um, yeah. Go for it. Yeah, it's it's really it's really interesting. I mean, and and it's just kind of comes down to a lot of people really don't know who they are to a certain degree. Mm. I mean, even if they have the defined G center, it's like, you know, like like who am I? Like, how do I? You know, it, it's you know, there's so many nuances. I mean, you have an open head, you have an open Ajna, you have an open G center. Someone says, "Hey, Michael, what are you into?" You're like, oh, "I don't know." What you know, day is I, what it? Day, yeah, I don't know what I'm into. Someone with the right mind, it's like, you know, what are you into? I, I don't know. It just depends. <laughs> so there are all of these things that you can see within a chart. What's consistent, reliable? What what they are? Mm-hmm. And the moment that they start living that out, they're just like, "Oh, oh, this is this is who I. Oh, this is how life is supposed to flow." I mean, mm-hmm. I th- I feel like human design really gives people permission to kind of love themselves a little bit, you know? Yeah. I, I, that, that's a terrifying thing for, mm-hmm. in how I, and I think I'm largely, well, my, my type is largely responsible for this is like, uh, generators are the mo like 70% of the population mm-hmm. would be generators. Mm-hmm. And so, um, if the majority of the world is being pressured by people who work and do this stuff, but, <laughs> Also, in that, people that actually are not living their design, so they're you know they're not self theme as strong. It makes sense why the world is so frustrating because mm-hmm. you are in a you are in a not self themed world where like nothing you have this bureaucracy that doesn't work. Everything it's a big soup, like yeah. Patina, that frustration, yeah. And at the same time, it's trying to homogenize everything into being so alike mm-hmm. so that it can categorize what you are mm-hmm. and. That to me opened up. I think um, uh, probably the biggest revelation from this is I think how you described it is like it's okay to be yourself, mm-hmm. right? Like uh, you can still improve too, right? Yeah. Like um, I think the quote that I used to quote and it, like I quote it, and then I kind of like forget what it means because this happens all the time. And whenever I quote it, it's like oh yeah, it's like um, you're you're perfect just the way you are, and there's room for improvement. Mm-hmm. Which means like you don't need to fight and become something that you're not. In fact, that's the farthest thing that you probably should do. But just being happy with who you are doesn't mean you can't aim towards things. Like mm-hmm. you can really like you can really refine aspects about yourself without thinking that you're a bad person. Mm-hmm. I would agree that thinking I'm a bad person had a lot to do with like me fixing things, but I just I have the struggle line. I have to like do things the hard way. So it makes a lot of sense. So there's like this man that this deep-seated appreciation for the system because it alleviates a lot of frustration for me Mm -hmm. um and it gets me to look at other people in a way that is beyond what i know about them like i know them personally but if i know something about their design i actually can choose how to interact with them to get the best out of them and i think that's like a superpower yeah, and you just—I mean, it, you can suffer them quietly too. You know, it's just who they are. Okay, you know, I mean, sometimes it, it's it, not quiet. It's—it's it, you know—it's interesting when I do partnership analysis, is that so often people are meeting this terrible resistance and trying to change something that isn't changeable. 
You know, if you're always hoping that your partner is going to change the color of their eyes, why can't you just have blue eyes? You know, like, why, why don't you, you know, you know how important that is for me. That'd be, that'd be so great. And, and it's just it, it, the moment that you see that this is just how someone is wired. Yeah. It gives you this ability to like, just accept them. I, I that's a hundred percent true. Like yeah. when I, I think knowing a lot more about Aaron's design mm -hmm. and the more I find out about it, the more it makes sense because then you actually start to appreciate those qualities that you know are inherent to them. Yeah, you know how to interact with them. You know yeah. how to move with them. Uh, she's not just being stubborn. Mm -hmm. Sometimes <laughs> she's just, she knows exactly what she wants. Mm -hmm. And that is not something that should be, it shouldn't be taken away. Mm -hmm. She should never try to change somebody for being assertive in what they want out of mm -hmm. life. Um, it, it, all you'd have to do is compromise. Like how important is that? Like if it doesn't match up with what I want, then we'll have to figure something out, mm -hmm. but I shouldn't try to actually like push against something that is so immovable. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It is. It's been cool kind of with our journey, you know, learning each other's designs and mm -hmm. our own designs. I wish, I wish we would have found human design years and years ago. I think I'm, I like that we found it now actually. Yeah. Again, it's like one of those things that I think if you would have gotten it too soon, mm -hmm. it would have flown out. I could be wrong. I like, think the same thing about Michael has these low waves, and I've always known it. Like we've we've been married for ten years. We've been together since two thousand ten. So mm -hmm. we've you know, we've been together for a while. But he's always had these low waves, and it's funny because your mom knows it as well. Because yeah. I would talk to her about it, and she's like, "Oh yeah, Michael gets low waves," and. You just have to wait it out. And I'm like, man, I wonder if it's me. And then like, I kind of like moved away from that. I'm like, no, he's dealing with some stuff. But the cool thing is that I've witnessed is he goes through these low waves and he kind of like goes off on his own and whatever that means, you know, and he writes and he, he does this process of clearing, whether it's on his bike or, you know, through writing or through music. And on the other end is always a breakthrough. Like it's always a big breakthrough of, creativity and something mm -hmm. changes and it's it's been cool to watch what's on the other end of that and how cool is that that it totally dis i mean dismantles so many stories you may have in your mind that is it this did i say that is yeah. it this you know does he need to change his diet does he need to change <laughs> you know like is it what's going on and it's just a chemical process yeah, yeah. that breeds creativity yeah, yeah. And not in the fun. It's not fun. Mm -mm. No. Uh, it's not enjoyable. It, and it, what I thought would be helpful is like, no, because I think that's one of the first things that you said to me. It's like, oh, you've got these like really deep states of melancholy. And I was like, so, but everybody does because the world sucks. <laughs> and you're like, well, that's the, I think how you said it was like, well, that's the exact thing that is not helping is to blame your state on an external factor as like because it's internally happening yeah um and our minds are always most comfortable in opposition so our minds are always trying yeah. to find a reason uh, for the chemistry within us when the moment you give a reason to it you lose the the potential of creativity yeah i've watched yeah. that journey as well michael trying to like grasp at reasons why he has low waves i'm mm -hmm. like no just go ride your bike like go take two days and go down to the desert and he'll go and like it's funny within like 10 hours he'll call me and be like guess what and he'll be all excited i'm like that's really all you needed yeah you just needed to be alone for like 10 hours yeah that's it's that simple sometimes yeah, and, and cool. you figured i mean and it 
you know, I'm, I'm finding things out about my emotional wave this late in the experiment. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and I think it keeps happening. I, when I first got in the experiment, I got a mentor, a guy that was a 5'1 emotional projector like me. And even to this day, you know, I think he is 10, 11 years in. He's always saying, oh. I'm learning new things about my emotional process. You guys know that I was going to move to Hawaii. I, I canceled all of that. Oh, did you? Did yeah, you? I got my, uh, I canceled the plane tickets, changed everything. Wow. And I was just about to Venmo you for your guitar. <laughs> yeah, I'm so happy I don't have to sell that. I'm so happy. Uh, that was the first thing I was going to say to you. I was like, it's not for sale. Um, I, the guy who I was moving out there has a couple acres on this land. And I booked my tickets and I was talking to him. And then I started noticing every time I'd text him, every time I'd call him, or he'd call me, I was really nervous in my body. And, you know, as an emotional person, that just means we're not clear on something, our body's processing. I started noticing at night, I'd have these thoughts around Hawaii and I wasn't, it was never calm. I just felt nervous. I felt jumpy the whole time. And I started really paying attention to that. So, you know, Kendra is someone I bounce a lot of, you know, uh, communication off of. And she's like, you know, going through the regular thing, like, okay, were you invited? Are you recognized? Is it the correct? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, all of those things are there. And, but I just couldn't help the fact that I was, I kept getting incredibly physically nervous, like in my body, the moment I talked to this guy. And this guy's really solid. Mm. So I kept sleeping on it and I processed it with Kendra. And then I just, just, it was very clear to me that I needed to cancel the trip. So I, I ordered a Starlink, you know, like for Wi-Fi out there to teach. And then I canceled that. I canceled my plane tickets. The moment I did that, I just felt really peaceful in my body. I messaged guys and Hey, I'm sorry. Noticing some resistance, you know, need to cancel. He called me up a few days later and he said, what's going on? You know, why'd you, why'd you cancel? And I said, you know, I just, I kept noticing in my body and I had all these mental reasons. And he said, it's a really good thing. Yeah. I don't know what you're reading in the tea leaves because the moment, you know, like a day after you told me that you canceled, my whole world blew up. Like I'm reconfiguring my relationship. There's some changes on the land. I'm flying back to Utah this week. You know, it just would not have worked. And it was one of those things where, that's that's an intelligence I never would have understood. But even in that moment when my body was nervous, I started noticing that I was creating all of these reasons for the nervousness. I mean, I even told some of my friends, I was like, I don't think he really wants me out there. I don't think yeah. he really, because I was trying to justify, justify it. Yeah. yeah. Oh. That is actually pretty, I mean, yeah, the amount of sensitivity. And so this gets into heebie-jeebie land, which mm-hmm. I actually like going into, especially mm-hmm. in this discussion is because I don't think it's as uh, wooey or uh, metaphysical as people put on, mm-hmm. right? And I, I always put it, um, to start the construct, I always say, um, you know, the, the old like, tripping um euphemism is like we're vibrations and you know mm-hmm. all you know we're just wavelengths and that's mm-hmm. all anything is which is a hundred percent factually true <laughs> through physics 100 percent true um and so we start on that premise like if, if we're just vibrating mm-hmm. right and and that's actually all our sense perception comes from how wavelengths are hitting us and mm-hmm. we're perceiving these vibrations you're like if somebody is vibrating at a different frequency, you're starting to like, uh, you become sensitive to what that is. So if you take out all the perceptions that you have, like let put your body and everything into a 
dark room, right? Mm-hmm. It's all blacked out. There's nothing in that room. Let's say it's 12 by 12. And like, you put it in any city. Any perfect place. cave. Yeah. <laughs> a perfect. Yeah. You'd like, I feel great here. <laughs> um, eventually, your mind without sight or actual, you know, information would start putting constructs together of what's outside of that box. Mm-hmm. Even though, um, you know, you can see, but echo location and other things would start to you would start to actually see it's synesthesia it's an actual physical construct mm-hmm. that your body's really good at performing which mm-hmm. blind people who train the ability can start to use echolocation to see and map the world so they actually start to see what their environment looks like even though they have no eyesight and so your brain is really good at mapping these these projections just based mm-hmm. off of interpreting vibration around you so if this you know room was our box and we turned out the lights eventually after i don't know maybe even a day two days you know uh, mm-hmm. a week you'd start constructing what the world around you looks like cars mm-hmm. would start going by noises happen people throughout the building you wouldn't see them but you could build a construct and if you take away that room that's basically what your brain is mm-hmm. right it's, it has just built a construct base of a vibration and so now if we just understand how sensitive we are to vibration we overwhelmingly project false perceptions mm-hmm. um, based off of laziness <laughs> pure laziness your brain is a computing monster right it is a supercomputer like nobody has ever seen and it can supercompute because it has efficiencies and latencies. So it goes, um, it builds these models that we know as true, that the room that I'm standing in is about this big. So if the lights go out, I know through my experience, if I take a couple steps forward, that door's there or whatever. Mm-hmm. And in that in that modeling, a lot of what we project is old programming or old projections of old vibrations that might not be true mm-hmm. so we build these things and they they fuck with us a little old bit. grooves old yeah. neural pathways yeah the, and yeah. what we know this i think the the bag probably the biggest tell for this is like you think you know somebody and their behavior seems to reflect what you know about that person so you start to be able to predict what they this is how we build trust mm-hmm. I know, given any situation, that Aaron will probably act in our best interest. Mm -hmm. And even if she has a, she could get a personal benefit, she will actually weigh that benefit to make sure that I have a benefit too. Mm -hmm. That's what builds trust between us. Therefore, my construct of her is that she has my best interest in mind. People, and then the the further way your relationships gets, your, um, your model making gets a little bit more funky, right? Mm -hmm. You're like my prediction models. Is this person have my best interest too? Now, if you're close friends, yeah, but not as, not like a a partnership, not a Mm -hmm. spouse, spousal uh, partnership. Well, this, this sensitivity is again, just vibration based off of positive, uh, positive and negative experiences. And I think, you can get in even to the the idea that you go you can read when somebody is vibrating differently than what you're used to and you can't put your finger on it Mm -hmm. something's wrong maybe they're in a low wave maybe maybe they just had a very uh violent or aggressive interaction with another human being Mm -hmm. and their state has changed and you can feel it but you don't you can't justify you go something's wrong but 
because we've been taught to be polite, we shut down a lot of these sensitivities as mm-hmm. opposed to being like, are you okay? Mm-hmm. What happened? We go, are you having a good day? And then when they lie, because nobody wants to be, oh, I was just the victim of a whatever, or mm-hmm. sometimes they do, but you would just notice that all of these qualities, all this interaction with this other, all, all these other people, they're simply just vibrations mm-hmm. and you're sensitive to those vibrations. So this becomes like a technique that I think, um, I think gets past the uh, Jedi, you know, metaphysical tuning in. I don't know how spiritual people put it, but there was like, mm-hmm. I got to tune in and you're like, mm-hmm. shut the fuck up. But there is <laughs> okay. something, yeah, there, there is something to that. Sure. Like, well, let me, let me just like feel what this feels like. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm going to base my decisions off of. <clears throat> And, and, and that's where human design comes in and really establishes these different awareness centers that we have. Some people have this really strong splenic awareness of the moment, you know, of, of safety, of what something that's not correct. Um, you know, what I was describing with my friend out in Hawaii is, is that solar plexus awareness. Mm. Is the, the solar plexus has more neurons and synapses than the brain. I mean, there's a deep intelligence within the solar plexus. Mm-hmm. And it's picking up on some sort of thing saying that this isn't the correct movement for me from some dude who lives in Hilo, Hawaii. Yeah. You know, and and I may have zero conscious access to why that's happening. And I might try and create some mental stories around it to feel better. But all I can do is recognize I'm not clear. I'm not aware. And then there's Ajna awareness, you know, these kind of different ways that we can make sense of things. But I, th- I think that's a... You know, pretty important distinction that happens when people meet design is they learn how they're here to make decisions. They learn about specific sensitivities that they have, and then they can start tuning that awareness to their body. I mean, it's kind of like what you were saying. I, I, I literally just use this example with Sam is when someone texts me and it's an MG, I notice that I'm texting differently. <laughs> I, I I can tell when I'm talking to a two four, yeah, because the it's really flowing the conversation. I mean, it's the guy because that owns, five ones and two fours have a harmony. harmony. Yeah. The, it's the guy that uh, owns the place that I live in that I'm you know doing that Airbnb sitch with. He, oh yeah, he lives in California, and when he you know I, I you know he texted me, and I was you know putting together this text message and I was reading out loud. And uh, and I noticed that I was I was sounding a certain way. I yeah. was like, "Well, I'm gonna do this," and I was like, "Why the fuck am I talking like that?" And I and I kind of made that convert. <laughs> you know, I made that comment to my to the my girlfriend at the time. And then he calls me up and he talked just like that. And I was just kind oh, of weird. matching that, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's, so it's it's one of those things where you know I. I Deconditioning human design is a cleansing process. It's a sensitization. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we get really sensitive to the frequencies and those vibrations of other people. And our mind wants to create a construct about what's a better frequency or what's a better, you know, that's why some people come to me and they're like, I want to, I want a higher vibration. I'm like, higher than what? Yeah. (laughs) Like, what does that uh, well, mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think yeah. This is this is one yeah. of those nomenclatures that comes back in the in the um, self help guruy mm-hmm. scene where you're like, yeah, higher vibration, and I think like they're higher than what? Oh, yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's like well, a there's no hierarchy in vibration. Like your the sensitivity <laughs> toward heat is lower than the sensitivity towards light, mm-hmm. and if you you know if you just don't want to feel any heat, then yeah, you'll only see light. But that's a problem because Mm -hmm. then you won't know when you're burning yourself so you're like 
there's there's this how uh, I was actually talking about this the other day because this is kind of how I learned. Uh, there's something called like conflict communication. Mm-hmm. It's like a how to deal with people. I I, I like conflict. <laughs> I like mm-hmm. confrontation. Yeah, you're emotional and you're a provoker. <laughs> yeah, and, and I struggle. <laughs> so you're like all of these things, people start to do things, and it's I got to be really careful with it actually because. Man, when friends cause problems, I'm still ready to go. Like, I'm ready to burn people down to the ground just because mm. I like that experience. Mm. Not that I want to do that to that person, but it's a, it's an innate feeling that I go, yeah, I'm ready for this. This is mm-hmm. what, yeah. Let's like, do this. Yeah, let's, like, whether it's especially mental confrontation. Mm-hmm. Like, man, that's a game to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I've practiced strategy for a really long time. That's why Michael and I don't argue anymore. Mm. So I'm like, mm. one of us will just die. Because so. <laughs> she's stubborn. Don't do it anymore. And I would like to do it. And so you're like, so this is really weird thing. But what I've noticed about that, like, okay, this is a skill of mine and it never turns out well because mm. other people aren't, they're not doing the same thing that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So therefore, I have to like, well, how do I, how do I like, um, meet, if I want to resolve a problem, how do I meet somebody? And this really has to do with like, just sound in general, mm-hmm. like just how frequency and vibration works. A lot of people go, oh, that's such a negative person. So I just try to be really positive around them. And you're like, that's the fastest way to piss somebody off, mm. <laughs> right? To, to not, because if we're dealing with vibrations, this is, let's take um, like, chords for example you're giving me a minor you're giving me a diminutive you're mm-hmm. giving me a down note mm-hmm. and you're just trying to bounce a high c major scale note mm-hmm. off of me they they're dissonant mm-hmm. they go against each other they bounce and, and, and what's your frequency you know what, yeah. what's your you know my, my my i love my mom but she's you know she's like this human design thing philip mm-hmm. i don't know but you know what what i try and do is i just try and be christ-like and i'm like yeah but what are you like like what do you like like i i think so often we think that we need to try and model ourselves after who we think we think we should be but it's like i don't want to be like like who's phil like you know what's my highest potential i don't want to be like jesus yeah a quick side note. You should just note. treat her like Jesus's human design. Uh, well, that's my and question. So what do you think Jesus's human design was? I was guessing 5-1. I'm thinking 5-1 yeah, too. Yeah, 5-1 generator. Manifester? No, but, uh, I think generator. You think generator? I don't know. What do you think? I, You know, I want to say he was a projector, but I have no idea. Well, actually, projectors weren't around. I know Here's that. my deal. He he <laughs> had one Sorry, day. Mark. He had one day of harsh activity, and they needed three days of rest. Uh, He's true, for sure yeah. a manifester. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just he did beat those people at the temple. You know, yeah, he was whipping yeah, them out. That's a man. Yeah. That's an anger that was thing. His, that was his not self. Yeah, that was his not. Well, and anger isn't bad. You know, no, it's, no, yeah, it's pure. Yes. Yeah. Um, with the with the with the sound <laughs> thing, I think uh, when, when you want to when you want to harmonize with somebody, you have to meet them where they're at. Yeah. yeah, you have to go down to their vibration and their frequency that they're holding. If if you want to like carry a tune with them, mm-hmm. right? You like boom, 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 boom. Like so, if if Aaron and I, this this has come up um, quite a bit because, man, Aaron's still dealing with a lot of grief, obviously, mm-hmm. and these waves come on, and I think that, man, how do I support that in the best way possible? Is generally what I'm thinking. Also. Mm-hmm. I'm going through it too, so it's not too hard to like tune into her feelings. Um, but sometimes I'll notice that she'll be very aware because she is a very aware person. Like mm-hmm. she doesn't want to bring me down with sadness, so she'll. But I don't want her to hide it. 
mm-hmm. right? Like I want these things to come out naturally. Don't repress anything. And if it's the time for me to like, you know, not be in a good mood, I'll meet you where you're at and we can be sorrowful together or whatever. Mm-hmm. That never, that would never be a problem for me. Yeah, let the emotions express themselves. Mm-hmm. And yeah. what I've noticed is like, if I meet her where she's at in this down wave, I can actually generally re- help resolve. Not not that I the grief is going to go away, but mm-hmm. I can change the feeling by meeting her and meeting that tempo. And in, in music scale, you bring it up, right? Mm-hmm. You go A minor, C, and G. You resolve the, the feeling. It's still a sadness, mm-hmm. but it has some kind of flow to it. Mm-hmm. And that's how I think most communication that you want uh, to, to have a positive outcome, you really have to like <laughs> find resonance with people just on the most basic level. Like, and that is empathy. Empathy is just a frequency that you're trying to feel the vibration of mm-hmm. and then carry with. Mm-hmm. And that's where the harmony and melody come from. And that's mm-hmm. how like relationships succeed is just this meeting of vibration over and over again so that they flow really correctly. Mm-hmm. And every once in a while, you fuck up mm-hmm. and I miss a chord <laughs> and I play down when she's up and you go, ah, ah, it sounds mm-hmm. bad. This doesn't mm-hmm. feel right. It feels <laughs> awful. Mm-hmm. And you go, is there something wrong with the relationship? No, it's how we're playing the relationship. Mm-hmm. It just needs to be played a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. And just kind of like understanding that feeling um i think that came from human design honestly mm. for sure it, it understood like oh my down wave uh aaron's like tens- tendency to call things in mm. right like she has an insane way where she can be like i want this to happen <clears throat> and then it just fucking does and i go <laughs> Manifestors, man. you're a freak man <laughs> yeah. like how do you do that and i don't like, know but i like it <laughs> i do too because I, I mean <laughs> i can call in things that are not necessarily great mm-hmm. you know if i focus on something and and like you know i have to i have to be careful with what i think about because it can go down that route too mm-hmm. i think um but it is cool to call things in like i think that i reached out to you during that class and i said man, I just want to change my work so it's a little bit more creative. And Mm -hmm. then Zack Snyder called me and I've been working on this production with him. And that's cool because Mm -hmm. that's creative work. And it was literally less than 24 hours turnover. (laughs) (laughs) It was cool. Yeah, this is like, well, and this is the other thing for me to like see these people teaching or trying to like, trying to transmit um, their success, Mm -hmm. right? And you're like, that's, it doesn't work like maybe you need to do it to learn it yourself. Like I have to project my lessons onto other people to solidify my understanding of lessons, but I actually have disconnected from their applicability or their success on other people. It's just the, the distribution of the idea that helps me solidify it. Um, but I see a lot of the time, like, manifestors, like you can kind of call them where they're like, Oh, you just do this and it happens. You just, and you're like, if you're that kind of person, it does. But if you were to do that, you wouldn't get the same reaction. In no. fact, you would fall down a hole that way. Mm-hmm. And I think that running your human design, getting a reading, trying to understand the basics of strategy and authority, that has been, um, I, that fixes so many problems. Yeah. And, and it even reminds me of, you know, I mean, as you guys know, my ex, she was emotional and I'm emotional too. And, there would be days that she would wake up and she'd be in a real deep, low, melancholic wave. And as you talked about, you know, meeting them at that same emotional state, that same frequency that they're in. So you can kind of ride that with them. 
there's also this kind of, you know, I don't have to make the mental decision around that. Am I invited into that mm. space with her? You know, am I, is there recognition within me that I'm being pulled into it? And then also am I clear in that? Because I have found in the past that oftentimes I may be in a low wave or my partner's in a low wave and I have this mental idea that I need to pull them out. And really, I'm not clear. And that may just be the experience that they need to be in for that moment. So it, it gets nuanced, you know, yeah. as you kind of go into that. And I and it's it's something that changed dramatically the way that I, um, I would even have communication. We'd even have disagreements. Is you know, knowing that I'm emotional, if there's still charge within me, then I'm not clear yet. You know, mm -hmm. I wait and then I can release that clarified emotion and if i really take it through the high and the low and then i express whatever's going on it's such a clear frequency even in an argument that's yeah. why i love a good argument mm -hmm. as long as i'm clear as yeah. long as i've really waited through the passage of time and then when i expect express it it can be received mm -hmm. you know i've left arguments before and just been like why are we arguing am i invested in this do mm -hmm. i have the energy and i'm like no and michael gets so mad he'll be like wait a minute i'm still mad but I've i'm having like, fun here yeah, yeah. hey you it's, took away my game yeah it's interesting we get that like that with other people too well i think this, this is such an interesting space because we like you mentioned michael is so you know the environment affects him and mm. so we we use our space as a playground for that you know what works what doesn't work are people progressing is the group progressing is one person progressing and the group's not like how can we kind of play with this to you know find an industry standard or change our industry that we're in um or are we still even in the fitness industry you know how can we kind of use this as our as our workspace in that area and it's been kind of fun to to implement human design because it is so it's so interesting how different and how the same, you know, everyone is. Yeah. Um, it's interesting to see how many projectors we bring into the space. Oh, yeah. And I don't think Michael has this. So I glance over people sometimes. Like, I can look at a room and be like, all right, these are the two people that I'll invest in or I'll have conversation. And I don't, for some reason, no one else catches my eye or no one else interests me. Like, I don't have the energy for those people. And... I don't know if that's a manifester thing, but the other day Garrison, who's quite, he's pretty quiet and he yeah. only comes in sometimes. He's like, Oh, that's me too. Maybe that's because I'm a manifester. And I was like, Oh my gosh, that's so interesting. <laughs> it's been interesting to figure all of this stuff out. Yeah. Um, it's got like, and it's kind of weird. And when you have like a tight knit group mm -hmm. to like, or, or like any kind of, it would be interesting to apply at a corporate level. Although that's oh, kind of like, sure. It's kind of interesting because I think, um, well, the first fascination is like learning about yourself, especially as a generator. Our whole focus is like internal. Like, what am I like? What am I like? And a projector would be like, what's that person like? Mm -hmm. And a manifester is, you know, what the environment is like or whatever. Mm -hmm. A reflector is like, I don't know what I'm doing. No, I don't, <laughs> whatever, however, who am I today? Yeah, who yeah. am I today? Um, but I think how it's really helped is honestly like I got the, the self-interest thing. Um, but it quickly moved to like, oh, if I'm self-interested, I need to understand other people better. 
Mm-hmm. And if I like take time to understand them better, I figure more out about myself. So it's got, there's a lot of people where I see it's like very just, I don't know, it brings out their, their more narcissistic qualities for mm-hmm. sure. Especially I see it, manifestors seem like they're more prone to narcissism. <laughs> Uh, just, I don't, uh, totally generalizing. Not that I think she's a narcissist. I just see the quality of other people. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. The, especially defined ego and all mm-hmm. sorts of stuff comes out. But um, it, it does have that, I don't know. It has this quality that if you if you try to understand it and you apply it to all the people in your group, A, it will make things make sense and it will mm-hmm. reduce friction. Mm-hmm. It is my sense. Um, it might cause some friction off the bat, for sure. Um, I know you've you've been a good advisor as in like, that's not going to work. Sure. This person probably, <laughs> like good friend, but also, you know, stay clear of it. This And I would hate to say it, but you've been 100% accurate so far. And Damn it's, it. <laughs> if you're like, well, maybe you don't know what you're talking about. And then we go to the room and you're like, fucking Phil was right. Yeah. Damn it. So that that's why like we laugh about it all the time because we're like, what is what does Phil think about this person? <laughs> like, can we get the inside scoop? Yeah. <laughs> like, thankfully you're you know, you're pretty good about just being a yes or no and not getting too much into the details. So we have to learn it ourselves. But it has been pretty it has been pretty interesting. I think the overall path is worth talking about. And you're very far down the road. Mm-hmm. And so I would say like a, a what is the path? How did it look when you first started? What was it starting to look like? What does it look like now? And what do you think it will turn into? For me? Yeah, for you personally. Oh, man, I have no idea what it will turn into. I mean, I think that's just the big, that's the big part of human design. I mean, I'll start there is I have no idea. I mean, so much of this path is just learning how to surrender the body over to life and let the body live its life. So that that really just helps me understand that mentally I am helpless and incompetent. <laughs> I mean, that's really, you know, I go through Ra's rave psychology and he's like, I tell my personality and my mind every day, I'm helpless and incompetent. He had a hat that said helpless and incompetent because it really reinforces that, you know, our minds are wonderful tools. You know, they're, they're wonderful servants. They're terrible masters. They're, they're great at communicating. They're great at research. They're great at fantasizing, daydreaming, but they're not here to make one fucking decision in our lives because they can't tell us what is the correct movement for us? Mm. I mean, if we're here to be aware, you know, if that's the, if that's the whole purpose of this life, we're here to, you know, you're here to have the experience of Michael. You know, you're you're this you're this emotional man, this five one generator. You're you're here to experience all the emotions, the happy, the sadness. Not run from them, not cling to them, but have the full expression, the whole, full experience. Human design brings you to that ability where you can stop interfering with the life that you're here to have. So for me, the past started, I, I worked in software, I, I got into human design and I started finding that I was getting so excited when I first started doing readings. I was doing them for like 20 bucks a reading. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I just was like, dude. Because it was fun. Yeah and, yeah, and I enjoyed studying it. And like I said, I had the hardest time telling people, <clears throat> I, read, I read charts. <laughs> you know, I was like, that's what I do. You know? And so I, I started. You need a totally different outfit, man. You need <laughs> like right. a cool hat. Yeah, I know. I needed, I needed some Sherpa clothes. Um, and I started doing readings and I started finding that I was more excited 
to do a $20 reading than close like a $40,000, $50,000 software contract. Yeah. I mean, you know, for the, you know, uh, revenue for the company. Yeah, I was yeah. just really excited to like show someone who they are. Yeah. logically show them the patterns that aren't working in their life and show them how they can really meet their true potential. I mean, that was so exciting for me when someone could sit down and be like, oh my God, that's why I do that. Well, what kind of person were you before you found human design? Like what was the, like some distinctive qualities that you've shed? <laughs> so, um, <laughs> like where do we start i mean i, I mean maybe the ones that are just i, I went up. i went through so many different stages in my life i mean at one point i was just the biggest party boy nice. really I mean, oh yeah i used to be able to drive to your party guys's place sale. at 11 o'clock on 10 shots but it wasn't your place right yeah yeah and and i mean I, that that ran for years okay. and then i got into and then you know before human design i um I got ran over by a boat in 2011. Oh shit! Wow. And I was lifelighted to the U of U, and I had I was, you know, I was resuscitated. Was I this had, party boy run over? Oh, like... this is party boy ran over. Oh, yeah, ran over by a boat. I mean, we were having fun. Okay. Yeah. And um, you know, I had like 1,100 stitches in my head. Whoa! This trap Whoa. fully removed. Holy um, moly. you know, down oh, my the back. Because the prop hit you. Because the prop went up my back and went up my head. Oh. <gasps> And so, yeah, I mean, I died on the back of the boat. I had a buddy who was a Navy medic and he resuscitated me. I, we got to the dock. They had to have, you know, the, the ambulance is like, he's not going to make it. They had a helicopter come in. Whoa. I lost, you know, my pulse was so low. They had to drill into my shin to get fluid into my body. Oh yeah. And, oh. um, you know, I, you know, I got put in a medical coma and then when I came out of it, um, you know, I, my lungs collapsed. I had, you know, I mean, I was in there. And after that, I started noticing that all of those party things that I enjoyed so much, I didn't enjoy as much. And I literally bought a dog because I felt like if I had a dog, it'll keep me out of a bar. Huh. And then I started meditating. And I meditated for about seven years. And I'd go to meditation retreats. Mm -hmm. I did all of that stuff. And later, I, I actually, I don't meditate today. In fact, I yeah. found out that meditation is not, not for you. It doesn't work for me. Yeah. But I, man, I was, you know, committed. And then, you know, I met ayahuasca and I, you know, maybe did like a hundred ceremonies and um, really was trying to consume anything I could on consciousness. Because I kept having this realization that had I died on the back of the boat that day, that I just that's that's not where I wanted to be, and I didn't know. Yeah. I I just knew it wasn't me. So, um, then I met Human Design, and you know I rejected it at first. Mm -hmm. I, then I started studying it, and it really just started taking off. And I just started having this really um, profound awareness of of what really fulfilled me. You know, what really fulfilled me and the type of connections and the type of conversations that I enjoyed. And I started seeking after those conversations that were led to a higher level of conscious. You know, they, they replay in your mind, they reverberate, you replay the conversation, you come to a new depth in it, you know, days later down the road. And I started realizing that, you know, why is it not, 
why, why can't I have those all the time? You know, why, why can't that be more consistent? Because if, you know, if I'm here to be aware, then maybe I'm not operating how I should. So um, kept going with human design and I just started having these mind shatterings, you know, of this deep recognition of who I was versus who I thought I was. Hmm. And some of these mind shatterings were kind of scary. I mean, there was a, there was a certain point in human design where I felt like waving people away from all of it because I'm like, you know, this is, <laughs> this shit is a trip. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm actually at the point where I realize that human design is not what I thought it was. I give people <laughs> this understanding that it's a tool for decision-making because that's a great place to start, but then it slowly becomes this tool for awareness. It becomes this tool for observation and you start experiencing yourself, experiencing life completely differently. Mm. Mm. And right now I have no idea where this path will take me. I can tell you though, that I've never loved myself more than I love myself. And I've never seen myself more clearly than I see myself. And how I feel in the morning sitting on my couch, having a cup of coffee, having that fully present moment, I wouldn't trade that for anything. You know, those deep, powerful moments that you have in plant medicine of those realizations, you know, but just being able to sit on my couch, being fully present in that moment with that cup of coffee and having that clear observation of my mind and watching my mind and just finding how fucking crazy it is <laughs> and how I used to let it guide me in my life all the time, just getting to this point where I can see the madness of it. Um, I find so much joy in that. And then when I can have a reading with someone and I can tell them or show them, you know, their potential, mm. show them what they're not, um, it's, it, it, like you know for the projector our signature is success and 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 it's not a it's not a financial success i mean i mean i would give any i would give anyone advice not to do what i did because mm. what i did is the moment the software company i worked for got acquired i was like i'm all in human design i'm like how am i going to pay my bills no idea i'm all in human design let's just see what the universe shows up let's yeah. see what happens but I would recommend people figure out a better strategy, you know, an exit strategy before nice. you jump in. Um, but it's one of those things where I introduce people to who they are. And when I hear back from them weeks later, months later, and they have this strong recognition of a part of themselves that they've been neglecting or that they've been avoiding. And they have a deeper acceptance and love i can't even tell you how that feels in my body it's just this vibration you know because my 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 signature is vibrate is success and it just vibrates it completely vibrates within me and i just have no idea where this path will go i have no idea what's next but I, I know that there's nothing I can do to get away from it at this point. I'm, you know, yeah, I'm, you're kind of stuck. stuck. I'm stuck with it. Yeah. Such a generator thing to say. Okay, just, <laughs> just here I am. Have, uh, go sorry, go ahead. No, no, you're good. Have you ever done a reading for someone and they're like, that is not me. Like they just completely resist their design 100%. 
I mean, I think the closest person that I've ever had to that was your mom. Yeah, I was Michael. about to say, yeah. probably, yeah. probably my mom was. Yeah, I, I mean, I was like, you know, I believe she was a projector in the reading. And I was mm -hmm. like, are you sure your birth time's right? She's like, I'm not having much of a resonance. I mean, I was like, you're not getting charged, dude. Do you know what? <laughs> I, well, do you know what's funny is, oh man, maybe you should say it because I, me and your mom have a good relationship. <laughs> her first, her first reaction was like, I'm not bitter, and you're like, whoa, you sounded bitter right when you yeah. said that, and that's. Yeah. I think when people hear that, they, I mean, there's so much cultural in, influence on what we think bitter is. Yeah. Somebody who like has resentment or didn't resolve certain things, and that's. I don't think it's that. I think it's a sensation. I think it's a it's a, a quality that is backboning your anger. And we have, and we have a mental judgment that it's bad. But yeah. all it is is it's a actual reaction that we're meeting resistance. That's it. Yeah, the, the generator gets away because ours is frustration. Yeah, right. You can and, be frustrated. Yeah, frustrated. You're like, oh, I'm just frustrated. But no, like that, that's probably it's one of the hardest things to deal with mm -hmm. because I. I have frustration, but the fr uh, that's the root of my anger, mm. <laughs> right? Like mm -hmm. I, I'm angry, but it's not because I'm purely angry, like Aaron might be, or mm -hmm. I'm bitter, and it's it's manifesting you're resistance. You're frustrated. Now yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. So I think yeah, in my in my mom's case, it's really funny. But also, what you've noticed in probably her design is that she's kind of iconoclastic. Mm -hmm. Like she mm -hmm. she will she goes against everything mm -hmm. and so the second you tell her she's like something mm -hmm. she has to no i'm not yeah and you're like you just did the thing that i'm talking about but you're so iconoclastic that you have to like go against the quality that everybody just recognized L like literally her mental definition <laughs> how i'm just like yeah you do this you do she's like no i don't and i was like well you're doing it right now uh, yeah. you know <laughs> which pisses but I was her like, off and okay, makes her bitter you know? but yeah so it's it's i <laughs> I would say usually when I have a reading, people are like, yeah, that's me. Yeah, I see it. And her and that she likes caves. <laughs> so yeah, she, this, yeah. That part is so funny because she was like, no, that's not me. I hate caves. Uh, and then you walk into her house and all the lights are off. The shades lines are, are shut. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And I'm like, but you're just sitting here on the couch in the dark. Like, it, it's like we said with you. Sam. I did the reading yeah. with Sam and there was a moment there. I was like. Yeah. We okay? You know, because, yeah. and he told, he even said after, he's like, man, I just, that really brought something up when you're telling me these things because, like, oh, yeah. and when I first had a reading, the guy said, you know, you're not here to be a, you know, a super slave. You're not here to work hard. You're not here to prove yeah. yourself. I'm like, I work really I'll hard, prove man. You yeah, I'll prove you Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I just, I, I was like, well, I, this is who I am. And so it can be really, it can be shit disturbing. I yeah. think that's a good share. I, I think the, the the interesting part of watching this is is also how I explained it to my mom, who I don't I I still don't think she got what I was talking about because mm. the cave thing was interesting. She's like, I'm not a cave person. Like, I don't like the dark. I like light. I like all my rooms airy and fresh. I'm like, yeah, but also what he's saying is like the the cave you're how you're operating you'll get something out of being in that environment like mm -hmm. i don't like being sad nobody mm -hmm. really does mm -hmm. but i understand that the quality of my creativity comes from this low wave and so it's mm -hmm. like he's not selling me to be depressed mm -hmm. right that's not the it's not how but i'm taking advantage of the environment that my body produces in order to produce creativity yeah and it's like so uh, like I think my mom is incredibly creative, actually, mm -hmm. but she never accesses it because she denies her design. Like she denies the circumstances that give her the be ability to create, which would be a dark cave-like structure or whatever, where yeah. her body can relax and she can feel safe and comfortable. 
to produce what she would. And so, do you know what's funny is like, it's interesting. It's literally like the first 30 minutes of this conversation. Yeah. I had to go over and close that door because I noticed yeah. I was doing this. I was like, I have nothing to say. And yeah, then yeah. as soon as I, you know, as soon as I'm able to find my seat, my back up against this, that door is closed. Even though I want the breeze in here, it's I feel secure. Yeah. yeah. I'd yeah, rather be a little bit warm, but have a, an internal landscape that is comfortable mm-hmm. and be externally a little bit uncomfortable mm-hmm. that that's a fascinating thing i mean it's since then she's she's um looked up a couple different things because she is a workaholic for sure yeah. and if you could pick a not self theme for mm-hmm. a projector it's a a, a a workaholic yeah um and then she finally found something that said something that resonated with her because i think how it worked was like she was like ah oh, it, it doesn't work it, it like doesn't work on me and we're like cool like and we just like never I, well if it's not the thing then it's not the thing for you like mm-hmm. you, I, no one says that this has to be the answer mm-hmm. but what happened is we kept on people kept on like oh my god i got a reading by phil it's insane like mm-hmm. he blew my mind and mm-hmm. then i looked up this one thing and it like explained this thing that i've had for a really long time and we're like yeah it's crazy so people just started like they would talk and you could see her <laughs> visibly getting upset when other people would talk about how much resonance they had with human design so i think she went back and tried harder to like find why something was wrong and she found something that said like oh well there's some projectors that can produce energy and there's some projectors that Mm -hmm. can work and there's some and she rationalized it away with her mind that it's like okay i just don't understand it yet and you're like yeah that's where you should be it's not it's not your design isn't something that you want to be. It's something that you are. And that's the hardest thing to understand as somebody who has been asked their whole life, what do you want to be? What do you want to be when you grow up? Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? What kind of thing are you going to create? Because uh, you're always trying to create your life. But mm-hmm. this is this is understanding what kind of being you are. And then you can kind of create your life. This and, is kind of how I look at it. And that conditioning, that that homogenization runs so deep. You know, at a very young age, we're told to act this way, to do this, to be this way. And then we get yeah. older and then all of a sudden people are like, be yourself. Like, yeah. What is that? Yeah, what does that mean? <laughs> and, and so for exactly. a projector, you know, I mean, we're, we're, we're so deeply conditioned by the other that, again, when I, when I had my very first reading... For a year after my reading, I had no resonance to it. I, I literally was like, did he have the right birth information? Yeah. And it was about a year after I re-listened to the recording. And then that's when the impact really hit me. I mean, I was yeah. I was experimenting. I was reading. I was into it. But then I just didn't have a deep resonance because I didn't actualize my true frequency yet. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, it's really interesting. How actually. do you know when you've accessed your frequency? Like things just kind of fall into line? Yeah, you know, I always tell people that, I can't remember how the quote goes, but it's like so much of this knowledge is revealed through your correctness rather than the knowledge creates your correctness. Right. So the longer you live it, you start having these real strong mental registries of like, okay, I'm meeting my peace. I'm meeting, Mm -hmm. I'm less anger. You know, I'm I'm meeting my true signature as a manifester. And then you start seeing these characteristics come up, but on an actual time frame, the deconditioning process is seven years. It takes seven years to ch- change out the cells in our body, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they, you know, it's a misnomer that it's all cells change out every seven years, yeah. but you're about at critical mass at about three, three and a half years. What if you Maybe mess closer. up? Uh, we mess up. We're emotional, you know. We're su- <laughs> we're supposed to mess. That's how we learn, you know. It's not like we have a choice. 
It's yeah, okay. this isn't like a destined like because right. that's also how I say it. like we're not doing a lot of things that would help develop our sensitivity to our design, like sleeping apart and mm-hmm. doing all sorts of things. Although we'll probably get there because we've talked about it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And we're like, I think I know what you're talking about. I, I do have the craziest fucking dreams. Everything's going to shift for you guys. It, it's funny. I have a good buddy that, you know, that was in the experiment for a few years. He met a girl and then all of a sudden he started sleeping in the same bed with her. And his whole experiment and his whole personality and everything just started shifting. And it was so hard for him to notice it. I went over to his place one day and I was talking to him. He's like, yeah, I need to I need to pull the mattress from the basement. And so that way we have two mattresses in separate rooms upstairs. And I was like, I'm fucking doing it right now. So I went and grabbed the mattress, dragged it upstairs, put it in the other room. They started sleeping in separate beds. And within, he said, literally within two days, he's like, oh my God. I literally am having my mind blown right now. I had no idea how much my frequency, my mind shifted mm-hmm. from being in the experiment and then sleeping together and then not sleeping together. It just snapped. I wonder about it because I, I think about how much I influence her, not necessarily yeah. the other way around. Mm-hmm. He but- snores all night. <laughs> I sleep with earplugs. That's one way to influence it. And Lambert, like... He sleeps like basically on top of us. So mm. that's a hard one. I, I had he's to, a projector. For I had sure. to kick yeah. my. <laughs> I had to kick my my dog out of my room after like ten years of sleeping together. Oh, yeah. Just so it's you know how I look at this. If we're talking about sleeping together, it's like let's say I come to you. And I'm like, hey, you know, I want to lose weight. I want to build this. And you're like, yeah, do you know, do this, do this. And I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna do all of it, but this. Yeah. It's like, well, hang on, that's a key thing. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm gonna do everything but that. And it's like, well, don't expect this. Then you know, and that's why I would say. But at the end of the day, it is your experiment. You know, you try it. You see what works for you. You know, if you sleep apart for 30 days and you're like, no, I'm sleeping together. Sleep. It's your life. Yeah. You know. We did sleep apart. Well, Michael and I have spent long periods of time apart because he's traveled for work. Mm-hmm. Like we've been a full year apart. Um, and then when you got COVID, I made you sleep in the guest room. Did you? Yeah. But then we both got COVID. So it's like we didn't know how good we felt because we felt like shit. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're sick. But. I guess so. I mean, yeah, I, I think it's. I think the biggest influence. Now that I see what you're saying about the influence on mm-hmm. it, you're like essentially those vibrations never go away, right? So we look at it like, oh, I'm unconscious, right? So that's when we're the most susceptible to conditioning when we're yeah. unconscious. I mean, deconditioning is really just a sensitization process. You know, we're we're literally. You know, all of the openness within our chart where the not self resides, there, there's a deep cleansing process. It's almost like we're cleaning off those neurons to make them more sensitive to things. Yeah. But if you're always conditioned to have a defined throat, then you're always conditioned to kind of operate like a manifester. Yeah. She's always conditioned with the root and sacral. Well, then she's always conditioned to be like a generator. Which I think uh, the trap is because I see like she'll wake up and feel like, oh, I got to go. I got to go. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, mm-hmm. we don't need to be in a hurry for really any of this stuff. And it could be part of that. That's uh, the stuff that I notice the most is like, that's it. If Michael plans our schedule, he'll be like, all right, after work, we're going to go to this concert and go to these things. And, and he'll, he likes, well, I don't know if you like it or not, but if, if Michael had his way, he, we would be doing more. We would be doing more. Mm-hmm. And I, 
And so many of those things in a row, I just get so worn out until sometimes I wake up and I'm like, I almost have a little voice that's like, you've got to get away from him. <laughs> only <laughs> only for rest reasons, you know, so that I can like rest. And so today I was like, I'm sleeping in. Like, I'm going on strike. I'm not going down to the, the building today, um, or at least not in the morning. And I think we only slept like 30 minutes later, but I woke up and like my whoop that I wear, it was like in the green, like heart rate was good. I don't know. It was like a whole different world. And it's like, I just need that little bit of extra. I'm, I'm moving into the guest room today. No. <laughs> you may notice that your energy, your feeling of needing to rush and get things done mm -hmm. really shifts. I mean, dramatically. Yeah. How am I going to get all the stuff done that I need to get done? Exactly. And sometimes it's it's kind of, you know, there's an addiction to it too. It's like oh, I enjoy I rushing through things. Yeah. I like enjoy this, you know. Yeah. I look at my dad's chart and he had an undefined, you know, provided his birth time script. He had an undefined route like you. Uh -huh. And the undefined route people are always the ones, you know, pushing other people to do things, to speed up. Yeah. Yeah. So I picture my dad in the car when we were kids, you know, laying on Come the on, horn. Everyone hurry up because he's amplifying all of it, you know, <laughs> moving faster. And I picture you in the gym here or, you know, in the building. You know, like hurt, making people go faster because you're sure. amplifying. Yeah. So it's something where it's a crazy, it's a crazy thought to just even entertain like, well, what, what will that look like? You know, yeah. what will that look like when you're not yeah. operating out of the amplification of someone else? Uh, do you know what's weird? Like, so when I'm. I, I'm not like a morning person, generally mm -hmm. speaking, but whenever, like whenever I wake up by myself, I wake up at like six in the morning, <laughs> which when last time Andriana like worked on, that's actually a year ago. She was like, you need to wake up earlier. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that I sleep. I don't like, if I need to sleep, I just sleep. Mm -hmm. But if I'm by myself, I actually naturally get up. It's like a very different feeling. So I'm wondering like, I'm wondering if you actually do influence me and it's influencing like we're like interacting in a way where I'm giving you the worst part of me and you're giving me the worst <laughs> part of you, which is like need more rest. And then you get up and do the part that I feel. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. Like you're getting the sensation that I actually naturally get and that I can use, but I'm actually getting your natural sensation, which is I need more rest. Maybe. That's really interesting. That is interesting. Man, if there's only a way to figure that out. If only there was an experiment <laughs> we could do. You know? Okay, so I, this is the other. I wanted to get into this because I know people, uh, this is the weirdest part about it. Okay. And so I wanted to save it because I wanted enough where people are like, man, this is some bullshit. So now we can get into the, <laughs> so now we can get into the weird shit because yeah. all the people that were like, these guys are full of shit, they've stopped listening a long time ago. <laughs> For sure. The story about how this came about, uh -huh. I, I can't even tell other people without it uh, without like being like i know it's fucking weird i don't even tell people okay sam was like how'd this come about and i'm like there's videos you can watch some videos you know because i came from the background of mormonism too so oh, it's yeah. like you know you're really it's like, here's another story of this guy who's yeah. got magical information so <laughs> go ahead and give an overview and 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 the one that does it the you know the the one that Talk about all the stuff that drives you crazy, too, because I think that's fair, because there's certain things about <laughs> this story that I go, man, but also I can't deny the accuracy. Yeah, 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 we'll just pause. Is that yeah. okay? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, 100%. Right. Uh, don't shut the door on the way out, because it'll lock. Okay. 
And we'll just keep rolling because I'll just. Well, maybe. You know, it's it's just so funny because during some of the questions, he was sitting there just like licking my foot over and over, which is great. And I'm just like, okay. He um so he has this is weird. He's been trained as a service animal. Um so. It's funny because people think that like when they train and he comes and licks your legs that he wants the salt. Mm-hmm. Actually, you're in a state that's like mm-hmm. up, and so he's trying to calm you down. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, oh, that's yeah. a weird. Yeah. That's like the weird I mean, part where he's like, "Oh, and I'll calm you down." And, okay. it, and it literally was. I was like, "I remind me of my dog." I was like, "Oh, this is nice." <laughs> calm down a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah go. Um, however, you want to tell the story. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say the first thing that I'd recommend people to do, though, is is watch the video called okay. The Encounter. Ra Uruhu, The Encounter. Okay. I posted it on my website. It's at the very under the resources tab. Okay. I would start there. Okay. Because, you know, then you get the clear transmission of what gotcha. happened. Um, Ra Uruhu was born um, Alan Robert Krakauer mm-hmm. and in uh, Canada. And he left Canada, just had kind of like what I would describe as almost a mental breakdown, you know, like just needing to leave. He left his family. He left his company. He left his child. You know, he just left. And he ended up ending up ending up in the island of Ibiza. And in Ibiza, when he was there, he literally lived in a tree for about a year straight. Someone gave him a chair. He was basically begging. I mean, he went from a very wealthy guy owning you know and he ended up living in a tree you know like just really an odd dude and it was in 1987 that we had a supernova a supernova is a dying star Mm -hmm. and it was observable from a a a observatory in chile Mm -hmm. and during that time everyone on earth was hit with 14 times the amount of neutrinos okay neutrinos are sub subatomic particles that carry mass and th- which means that they can potentially carry information okay he was living near a ruina or in a ruina and there was this old well that was in the ruina like 200 plus year old well and out of this well came the design crystal the actual design crystal which rests in the center of the earth which is like that you know two kilometers of molten lava um and the design crystal came out and this is what he you know refers to as the voice and so for eight days and eight nights he had no food no water he was in a very painful state until the voice started talking to him or communicating and when the voice would communicate to him that's the only time that his body was at rest and the first thing that or was it the first thing i think the first thing the voice said to him is are you ready to work you ready to get to work and it went through these really you know odd he he had a he was able to see every incarnation he's had before mm. he was really bored with it though you know it raws this complete individual manifester that was like you know the voice kept showing me all these people that i was yeah i was before and i was like like i don't give a shit like yeah. when is this going to be over and only 10 percent of fuck this mystical experience <laughs> only 10 percent of what he received in that experience with the voice was actually about human design yeah you know, everything else was, you know, the cosmology of the universe, how we die. Like it's the d- design of insects, plants, animals, and humans. And in that, 
Ra was given the mechanics of the universe. And he was really shown that this is just all part of a program. And it's a program without intent. Mm. We always create intent. We always create these different gods and we create these different things. But it's just the evolution of the progression of this program. And he talks about how we've always been conditioned to act and be a certain way through homogenization throughout, you know, the, you know, as long as humans have been around. And then he talks about this, what's called an interregnum that we're in right now, which shifts in 2027. And I'd say this is the trippy shit. Yeah. (laughs) Is that, you know, just as we talked about the evolution of, you know, us from Neanderthal to Cro-Magnum to Homo sapien, is that there's a new species coming out. And we're essentially like the Neanderthal that eventually dies out and doesn't survive. Mm -hmm. And the new species is called the rave. And the rave is a type of um, being that is able to have pentaconsciousness, you know, in a group of three people, it can communicate without talking. It can communicate through a mutated solar plex. Hmm. So it's a, it's a new type of awareness and consciousness. And we are essentially the, we're the remnants of the past. We're, we're the, we're hanging on here. We're the outdated model. We're the outdated model. Yeah. I, and so this is, I mean, I don't, I've just barely got into the weeds with some of the rave cosmology stuff. Mm-hmm. So I, I think th- this is what kind of fascinates me is like, um, wh- why, why did he focus on the human design or, or did he like, this seems like to be the big part of it. That was my big question is like, well, if there's so much more information, why didn't he focus on that? And I really think I kind of figured out like, actually he didn't he actually went really far down the hole with all the rave cosmology and rave psychology it's just that human design was kind of the popular i guess pop culture tidbit that people could digest so it, that's what took off right like that's what became the popular theme from all of this information that he has somehow i i mean when i look at it I go there's no i don't care who you are as a human being if you even if you're just talking about human design, there's not one person that could put this together, mm-hmm. right? Like that seems like mm-hmm. an impossible feat, mm-hmm. especially with like, not just the accuracy, but the complexity and the accuracy. Well, he was a five one like us. Mm-hmm. So everything about us has to be practical. If mm-hmm. we're not practical, we get burned at the stake. And there was a lot of information. It's like, why release it? Why share people? Cause it's not what they need. He wasn't given all of this information to be like, you know, you need to teach people about cosmology. No, it was just like he was given information about how the whole universe is constructed and how we can operate within it. And that we're here as nine centered beings to be aware. Hmm. And so, as you mentioned earlier, it's information that's really for children. So children can be raised and they can live out their uniqueness versus having to be like this or fit in or, you know, feel like they're inadequate in areas because, you know, maybe who they are is different on the inside. So, but he spent so much of his time educating adults because we're the ones, you know, we need adults to get into it. Then children get in. Yeah. 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 It has has like this hierarchy or trickle down kind of information kind of deal. Um, I guess the really interesting thing is like, I mean, how do you, how do you view it? Because on one side of it, I go, man, I can completely see 
how this is total horseshit and he's just a creative human being because there's been lots of prophets there's been lots of like you know there's been lots of tablets and hats or whatever you want you know whatever you want to say it as and like i've and he deeply resented being called a guru deeply resented calling a pro- the yeah. moment someone treated him like a guru he'd start saying fuck a lot yeah because it turned him off yeah he didn't want that yeah, that, and that's what I pick up. I mean, listening to his transmissions are actually quite something because mm-hmm. he is a very different human being. Mm-hmm. No matter what, no matter what category you put him in, you you can't help but listen to him and like, man, he he has something, right? It's a preternatural gift to transmit charismatically, which I appreciate, but. Also, he free flows for hours nonstop. He would go into those lectures with no notes. He'd just yeah. know that he was going in to talk about rave cosmology. And he'd always say, I'm, I'm, I'm really going to be surprised at what I'm saying because he would learn while he's saying it. While he's saying it. I have Crazy. that. And the only reason I kind of see this is because I have that same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I learn, like, I don't know what I'm going to say until after it's over. Mm-hmm. And so I have to, like, get it i have to get going and then for whatever reason it puts itself together the Mm -hmm. thought will put itself together so a lot of what i write down i have to practice by speaking Mm -hmm. and so i have a i have an opposite order of how most people teach right most people write things down and then they teach it but i do the opposite Mm -hmm. i'll teach it and then i can write it down and so when i started learning more about him it became kind of an interesting like oh okay that like I feel like sometimes I don't deserve to know certain things and I know them. Like I didn't learn them. I didn't, mm-hmm. nobody told them to me. Um, it's like an insight or a quality that just like kind of <laughs> manifests in my brain. And I mm-hmm. go, oh, that's the thing. That's a, that's a thing. Mm-hmm. That's, that's like pure creation. Mm-hmm. Um, some people in writing call that the muse, mm-hmm. right? So, um, y- y- so you have to be in a very open state for that to happen. And so there's some, there's just some generically good stuff about it. But I wonder, like, when I actually get down into it, I go, this is phenomenal because it actually, one thing that I think it overrides, which is really interesting, is that we, as as a culture and as a species, we try to justify uh, karma, you could mm-hmm. say. Like, we, we try to say cause and effect for everything so that mm-hmm. it makes sense logically. So we go... Oh, why is there inflation? And you go X, Y, and Z. And then, you know, whoever wants to argue will say the opposite. But when we look back at history, we're like, oh, the Mongols were able to do this because they uh, flung bodies over buildings. And you're like, that has nothing to do with it, right? It's like we're just looking back at history and taking the things that we see as important and saying that it happened because of this, Mm -hmm. right? And that's why it's so hard for us in our time. But all the things that, we could possibly know about in our time, we know nothing about. We know nothing about COVID. We know nothing about 9-11. The biggest events that have happened, we have absolutely no idea. But I guarantee if we I don't know, add 100 years into that, we'll have it. This is why it happened, even though it's further removed so than moved. when it mm-hmm. actually happened. So the thing that resonated most with me about his cosmology and this like, you could call it, prediction or whatever about species and and evolution and our being is that it it has no justification it has no reason it has no purpose it has a it has a pattern 
quality to it. It's following a pattern. Mm -hmm. And that is the only thing that makes sense to me is like this up and down nature of the universe of how things come in and out. They cool, they heat, uh, they organize, they, they go into chaos. And that, that seems to be the only thing that makes sense to me. And what he was saying about most things has this quality to it, a non justifiable, non logical answer to kind of like what's going to happen. The evolution of of our universe, where it began, where it's going, and it's without intent. It's just you know, like does does a seed that becomes a tree have intent? You know, I, I think we we create these meanings yeah. and we create these reasons behind things to feel better. Yeah, I, I see the same thing. That's an interesting question because mm-hmm. we talk about att- intent a lot in here mm-hmm. um, because I think we can direct it, like we we can. We can manipulate intent, mm-hmm. but it's probably not inherent to the universe. Yeah, we can. Yeah, I mean, if I have an intention around something, well, then automatically my mind starts strategizing and I try and figure out everything. But if we live with that, you know, if we can get to that point of just like, you know, living life form intelligence. But if, you know, if you, again, we make a mouth noise and mm-hmm. that is supposed to it's supposed to be able to describe a truth about mm-hmm. something that, that's really what we're trying to communicate is a it like an not an obvious truth sometimes but but a truth that um actually just ends up communicating a feeling mm-hmm. uh, and that's how we get so far down the hole of you know what words mean and their intent behind it but <clears throat> i i think without trying to do too much when you do think about this idea of like uh, the universe in general mm-hmm. um you got these qualities that kind of fell into organization. I wouldn't say organized because that usually includes the assumption that there's a mover of some sort. Uh, the, and, I, and I don't think it takes that quality if you understand like chaos and, and, and the beauty of it because they're out of chaos with certain boundaries, you get actually quite a bit of order, right? Like it just falls into it. You get these like, explosive events that turn into solar systems and those solar systems create the environment where life can sprout but it seems like you still need this like this quality of intent like it seems like it's a key to it like what like why is it why is life trying so hard to exist what's the purpose of all of this yeah purpose i think a lot of people jump to that but mm-hmm. i think without like getting to like the meaning of life or whatever he's just like <laughs> well it's trying very hard it mm-hmm. seems like it's intentionally trying to not die mm-hmm. right very hard and so mm-hmm. if i could put a quality to that I, I would say that would be does the seed have an intent it's like to exist i guess to maybe just live out its purpose yeah yeah and I, that's it, really our that's really anything for us is just if if there's a purpose of life, it's to just live out who we truly are. It's that's the design, yeah. like to, yeah. to exist. To right? exist. I don't. I mean, I guess a lot of people. Maybe how I see it is like for me, from going from you know one aspect to being very highly skeptical, mm-hmm. almost like I don't know what you call it, but militant atheist is probably <clears throat> light-handed. Um, to coming to being like, well, I don't know, you know in the big question of like God, but mostly in the big question of like, I don't think we have words that describe 
the world correctly in the first place. So uh, a, a conversation about concepts is really hard to have when you can't direct mm-hmm. meaning purposefully. Um, but I have shifted quite a bit and I think, man, his message on how he sees the universe, I don't think anything has resonated so much mm-hmm. with with his ridiculous nature about <laughs> um, kind of laughing about how wrong human beings are, right? The whole time is just like, what a fucking joke. You really think like there's one right religion? And his example about all the religious leaders getting together and having a hard time saying something good about the Pope or like they just died, you know, they're like, oh, he was a good guy. But obviously, like the undertone of that is that he was the wrong guy and that people followed the wrong. Like, Mm -hmm. it's so good how he does it in in that. That is what actually I think is the most convincing argument is like his appreciation of how ridiculous our arrogance at how the things are now the like, vanity the vanity of it yeah yeah the vanity of it all. I, I think that's what sold it i i think we just needed to say something on it mm-hmm. like about how weird the story is because i still like shake my head when i go what the fuck i mean and then you know and then it goes on weirder right yeah. it's like you know <laughs> in a billion years we're all on another planet becoming aerons it's just like what i mean there's a you know that's the thing is for me i'm like can i test it can i verify it all of that stuff seems to make a lot more sense and be a lot more digestible the the longer i'm able to establish the truth in these other things yeah well okay so here's here's (laughs) here's where the the experiment Mm -hmm. right the experiment is how good can you make this experience right how and that's not just pleasurable that's impactful that's meaningful it's whatever you want to do but that that really is like i guess a purpose of a life whether you're a tree or a human being it's like it's to blossom it's to like it's to be full live out your true potential yes live out your true potential and some people though are born in and their true potential is to be the village idiot yeah. And their true potential is to be an asshole, and the true potential. Yeah. And, and and again, if if we're just here to have the experience of life, then there's no good, bad, right, wrong. There's no you know like, hey, this is my this is the beauty. It's just like you're just you, mm-hmm. you're just you. <laughs> Which is really hard for people to deal yeah, with. For the sure. hardest thing for people to deal with is like, there's nothing, man. Just be you. But in the same regard, for if we're looking at like belief systems and i would call this i i know you strongly would kind of argue against this being a belief system adamantly Uh, yeah (laughs) but let's say let's say um let's say when we're looking at systems that organize our organize or increase our experience one way or another that would include religious spiritual practices that would include uh political uh, alignments all of that stuff i think falls into this category about uh, the things that you practice and the things that you believe about the world will inherently uh, influence shape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it definitely. When I look at it and I go, it seems like most other systems are all about later, mm-hmm. right? Now, somebody would be like, not Buddhism. It's about the now. And you're like, yeah, but still there's like karma and reincarnation. And like, they really, they really hedge heavily on the fact that like you're getting somewhere where you're not at as it like this is the opposite this is the joke is like you're trying to get to enlightenment which is not now human design seems to be like the only pure thing that is like 
what you're at right now, mm-hmm. right? This experience, mm-hmm. this is the most mindful experience. By and, and paradoxically, it's by getting rid of the control of the mind, mm-hmm. uh, which is Eastern in in quality, but not in effect. Um, I think you see it. Uh, the the amount of people that are like, oh man, I study Zen Buddhism and I do all this stuff, and you're like, I for the qualities that people joke about. Um, I think it's probably the most rare that somebody realizes their potential through Zen Buddhism, even though I agree with like most of what they say, the practice distracts. And what I found is like, this is a practice again, no, it's not a belief system, but I would say something. I was like, this puts people, it, it puts them in a place where they have to take responsibility for their existence right now, Mm -hmm. as opposed to thinking that it will get better when they die or it'll, you know, there's a paradise or, um, their life was better in the previous incarnation or something like that. There's always just like this, somehow, you know, the next political leader will make the country better or somehow it's like, it's that always interesting, actually. It's always in the future. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is really like, this is what you're dealing with. Like this is, these are the qualities that are inherent to your experience getting better. And that has to do with how you process energy and emotion and, and cognition and relationships and this is how you can kind of best best organize them without even any argument. It's just like try this, and if it doesn't work, then see you later. And 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 we're just here to be aware. <laughs> we're here to be aware. We're here to we're here to have the full experience of life. And you know all these other beliefs. I mean, and I see your point on the belief system. I, mean, I think I, I think really there's this part of me that recognizes that anything out of the statement "I am," mm. anything outside of that is kind of a belief system. Anything mm. beyond "I am," um, but I, 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 that's one thing that I really have come to enjoy about human design is that um, it literally says that awareness is mundane. Anyone can be aware. <laughs> You know, you don't need to be a, 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 a in a white robe sitting yeah. in a mountaintop eating steamed vegetables, meditating for eight, eight, eight hours a day to become aware. Yeah. It literally just comes down to how you make decisions. You know, you can change the way that you make decisions. You do that for seven years. The byproduct of an aligned frequency to your true frequency mm-hmm. is awareness. That's it. And then we can have the life that we're here to live without distracting it, without you know changing based upon who we think we think we should be and what we think we should be doing and all of those different constructs that were conditioned within us at a very young age. We get our life. Yeah. I, yeah and that's, I think, something that I still struggle with on, on like the angle of... Um, well, it's, there's still like some conditioning in their homogenized conditioning traits, right? Like I still feel like I have to prove myself. I still feel like I have to do all these things, even though the the design is like, no, like these will never serve you in mm-hmm. any good fashion. They'll serve some people, mm-hmm. which drives me crazy because, man, if I could just be the best jujitsu player and I could go out and annihilate other people and show everybody that if I focus on something, I would be the best person. And when I look at my design, it goes, not for mm-hmm. you. There might be something in that path with learning and teaching that mm-hmm. would resonate and it would give you a deep sense of satisfaction. But if you aim for this incorrectly, it won't be. And everything else is just a condition based off of what you've, what other people have told you is important, Mm -hmm. that champions are the best and that famous people and rich people and all of these things. That's what we're kind of all trying to 
emulate and aim for. And it doesn't mean that you can't be the best. It just means that you don't have a defined ego. So you're you're not here to be oriented to life that way. Yeah. To being competitive, to try, you know, to try and do that. Yeah. No. That's hard. It's, a, it's, it's hard a, for it's me big, to get away yeah. from because how long have we been aiming to like have a secure income and in in like to be I don't know the the talk of people that would be like man they really made it they're mm-hmm. successful in the most basic um, I guess recognized fashion in our mm-hmm. culture which is they have nice cars nice house although like uh, we're pretty clear about how little we care about those constructs mm-hmm. they're still embedded into our like psyche right when I th- it, this sucks but the second I see someone who has like the nicer Tesla I'm like fuck. <laughs> Even though it's like the dumbest... Mm-hmm. Fu- Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. I drive a spaceship. I'm mm-hmm. like lucky enough to drive this <laughs> fucking ridiculous car. And I'll still have the very human quality of being like, well, I didn't get the X model, the plaid. That guy's faster than me. Mm-hmm. He can he can get to the traffic mm-hmm. faster than I can. Our, our minds are always comparing. <laughs> They're always comparing. Um, and, I, I like ahead. the game of it. I don't necessarily care about... Sure. You know. She like, is actually really good at that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I like nice things, but I I like the game of how things come about more so, mm-hmm. which is interesting. And this mm. is this is what I wanted to fi- like conclude kind of this yeah. with yeah. is that there's um, you mentioned it kind of we we did our partner reading or a couples reading with you, and I mm-hmm. think I got more out of that than I have ever gotten from like any of the individual stuff. <clears throat> Even though I love like the intensity of the six week course that we did with you, that was awesome. That was so good, but I got more in like twenty minutes of what you described how we interact with each other mm-hmm. because it it made me realize well, yeah, th- these are not islands that we're talking about, mm-hmm. right? There we are heavily influenced by the people that are closest to us, which brought me down to like we have we work pretty well, right? Mm-hmm. Like. Nonprofit is a, you know, Aaron, me, Blair, Mark. Um, we work well together. Uh, we figured out, I don't know, we know each other. I think it's because we know each other very well. I know not to give Mark certain things to do. Mm-hmm. And he also knows that he can count on me for certain things. And I know, like, if I tell Mark, hey, I need this, he'll do it. And I'll, we're very aware of what their people's strengths are. Um, I'm not going to give something to Aaron that she's not excelling at. Uh, like I'll try, what? Um, <laughs> like, well, I would say like training people formally in person. Yeah. I don't think that's like, I don't think that's where she shines. I think she does informally in person very well. I think I've watched her cause I'll be teaching formally and I've watched people kind of come to her on the side and she'll be sharing things. This happened last night, actually. Uh, we had some friends come down. They brought a yoga group to learn some like, mm technical stuff that i teach and so she was thanking me for doing that it was a it was like a two-hour very orchestrated formal class setting and i was hiding in my office yeah she was hiding not there not even (laughs) present just kind of like out of the you know being the hermit yeah yeah, for sure Mm -hmm. and then right at this like event that we went to last night for this uh, benefit for my friend uh somebody else is there like oh like i'd love to do you guys do nutrition and you're like yeah that's what aaron does knows nothing about aaron i'm all stop busy i know yeah she like doesn't she's like oh and then they go into it and now this person is like learning so much in an informal capacity from somebody who can naturally share things in an informal environment i go that's where i see her shine but as as we look at it i go it feels like something in our group is not complete Mm 
mm-hmm. right? And so you mentioned something called a penta. Mm-hmm. And can you tell us what that is about? <laughs> <laughs> a penta is a trans auric bean. It's something that happens when three people come together. Um, the full direction of the group changes, the full energy of the group. There's now basically kind of like another presence. And not in a spiritual quality, mm-hmm. not in a bad ghost quality. It just means now that there are three of us, it changes the direction of almost at a real deep level, like who we think we are, who we are, mm-hmm. what we're doing. I mean, this is this is how humanity is organized to continually evolve and be unconscious is in pentas. Okay. Is in pentas. But mm-hmm. you, you know, if you know you have to be in pentas, mm-hmm. you can orchestrate it in such a way to have all of these specific frequencies gates alliance so you have what's called a complete penta so it works very efficiently in a group so this is kind of what i was interested in is because we go and you can direct the intention of that very tight-knit group right you can like we can agree that this is what we're trying to accomplish yes and that that would probably describe i would say kind of unconsciously how a lot of successful small groups become very successful is they fulfill a lot of these qualities they they plug and play qualities of human beings that amplify productivity is the fucking most benign way to probably describe it, but also accurately. It's good. Um, so I asked you to say, like, what's missing from us? <laughs> so you you ran some stuff. Mm-hmm. I, and I kind of want to like, because uh, Aaron didn't hear it before, but I want you to describe what we're missing from like nonprofit. I think I already know. <laughs> probably you're intuitive. <laughs> Can I take a stab at it? Or no? I mean, if you want to. Go for it. Go for it. Like a Chris Warden personality? Like a manifesting generator? <laughs> well, I, so I... <laughs> I mean, I just got Chris Warden's stuff, and we're going to run his. So I, before we sat down, I was like, Chris Warden, send me your stuff on human design. And he's like, is something wrong? Am I going to live? <laughs> like, call your mom, Chris. Um, so I have his, but you, you do yours first. Okay. By the way, Chris Warden made a meme about nonprofit, and it was like this guy like yelling, and it said, "Call your mom. When? What was your time of birth?" It was so funny. I'm like that is totally us. <laughs> okay, so when I look at the Penta with you, Michael, Aaron, Mark, Twight, and Blair, correct? Yeah. Yeah. It may be surprising, but what's missing from this group is on a business approach, it would be coordination <laughs> and planning. That doesn't Oh, sound I'm right. sorry. No, no. <laughs> yeah, coordination and planning, yeah. That I mean And 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 again, it's it's something that when you get people together these energies get fulfilled and it is oftentimes really different than what we thought it would be. I mean, you know, people that are really deep in the Penta can blow away my conversation that I'm having, but is, is this, so is this like a level, this is kind of a level of understanding of human design. That's just very specific, very specific. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. 
Interesting. Yeah, planning and coordination. So would it be an actual <laughs> design that would that would fit that, or it could be any design? It just has to have those qualities. It would be someone that has the seventh gate and the forty sixth gate coming out of the G center. The seventh gate and the forty. Okay, yeah. So with the, the defined G, or it doesn't matter. Doesn't I, matter. So I think if I remember, Chris is a manifesting generator, and he's a one three. None of that matters in the Penta. Okay. okay. So it's like specific gates. Specific gates. I mean, that's yeah, where I said get... it's like, it's not what you'd think it would be. Yeah. I'm So I'm trying to find his body graph because I only have this uh, one three thing from him. I don't think I have it either. Yeah. I sent it to him a long time ago, but I'll have to find it another time. Anyway, I was going to try to compare some people to see like, but that, so it's, and this is, maybe this is a little bit into the weeds, but there's circuitry going on in between and there's 64 mm -hmm. 64 circuits lack of better activation activation gates, yeah, gates uh, going between nine different centers mm -hmm. that give you different qualities a, a potential of 36 different life force frequencies okay channels, yeah. so an infinite an infinite amount of possibilities because between your archetype and and and, and, and within one gate there's over 1080 different variations oh okay yeah so there's <laughs> there's a lot um how would we go about finding somebody to help us that has these qualities just you think and th this is kind of how i like you are so and i am too but you're strongly enough down this rabbit hole mm -hmm. that you think you could see somebody's chart right and mm -hmm. and match them and be pretty damn close to getting us to a place that would be more productive for what we want to do try it i think we should so wait it's the 46 and then what's the other one seven the seven and the 46 uh, okay i i want to um i'll find i mean here's what i'm willing to do <laughs> i would i would accept applications for people who want to work with us if, if they you have the seventh yeah, gate if they have and the seventh 46 gate. and they talk to you uh, cool that, that's i'm willing to put that out there <laughs> that if if <laughs> and i don't know where that'll go because i don't know if we're actually hiring but i would probably hire somebody based off of how strongly i believe that this system is pretty accurate i mean if it becomes a like a a, a, a functioning penta mm -hmm. They can literally just sit in the room and not say anything. It's just having energetic quality, energetic quality creates a, a flow. So you could find, <laughs> you're like, who do I know? We have a really weird hiring process. Kind so of. So far, we're like, you've got to talk to these government agents. You've got to see our psychic Reiki friend and you got to see Phil. Sorry. It's so funny when people didn't make the cut. <laughs> people reach out to me and I'm, like, and I'm like, you know, they'll come in. They're like, yeah, Michael and Aaron. They said, I got to see you. Then I got to go see uh, Andriana. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Have you, well, you, yeah. Cause you did Andriana's reading too. Yeah. Um, there's another five, one uh, projector, which is pretty funny. She is. Yeah. Yeah. But this is, um, this is kind of the funny part about it is like, I really do think it's pretty fucking accurate. And we've had enough success with it um, that I would be willing to be like, this is the kind of person that we want in our area that has these qualities. Mm. Now, a lot of the other stuff has to plug in too, but I'd be willing to say that if they have certain gates, um, man, I, I would bet on it. I really would. Yeah, and they can literally just sit in the room and you can experiment. You can see how it goes. 
See if like, okay, hey, we're, you know, this is working. This is going in a certain direction. Yeah. I mean, why not? Man, I wonder if I could, I could pull up some other, because there's, um, there's some people that when they come around, things get fulfilled. Right, like that's what it would look like. Yeah, like um, man, and I can I can describe. I said this without knowing this conversation. I was saying it's like, man, it seems like, and Chris Warden is one of those people. <laughs> when he's in the room, stuff just happens. Yeah, right. He's he's such an organized individual that I'm like, man, we need somebody like that. Granted, he's like out of our league. He's mm-hmm. like, you know, don't tell him that. I mean, he really is. He's just like <laughs> a. I mean. He's out there, but he's marketing for, you know, leading marketing PR for Red Bull for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Did like a, He's done so many things that it would be. But I want something like that. And I want to know, man, if I just look at his chart, I'd be like, yeah, Did that's why. Did he find it or no? No, he, no, he, okay. he couldn't find the body graph. Got it, okay. Um, let me see if I can tell him. And then we can talk about it after you can go. Um, anyway, that's, that's kind of how I wanted it. Do you have his birth info? Uh, that's what I was trying to get. Oh, got it. Okay. You can, uh, I think he's a... Well, his birthday just happened, but I don't know his time of birth. That'd be fine. Let's do it live. Let me see if he responds. <laughs> Is he gonna be okay with me reading his chart live? Yeah, he yeah. has to be. If it's not that, we'll ex- we'll expose other personal information we know about him. <laughs> <laughs> Your ears burning, Chris. We're talking about you. He would probably laugh. Um, I can go back in my messages because I think I ran it. I mean, this is it's always kind of been phenomenal. Like there's been certain people who um, upregulate certain creativity process. Mm-hmm. Like Keegan, as you know, was like very good for me to work through problems. Mm-hmm. He for some reason, when I come at a problem and he's in the room, I can figure out way more. Hmm. That's just an interesting and it happened like I went and visited visit him in Denver and it was like, Oh, I figured out so much just having one conversation with him. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, here we go. All right, so October 9th. Mm-hmm. So he's a one three right angle cross of penetration. Yeah, he's an investigator martyr. I mean, he likes to go to the deep. You know, mm-hmm. really understand things at a level, and he's also a perfectionist. Yeah. You know, he he really how how his his scene is attuned is the moment he walks in a room, the first thing he notices is what isn't working. And, and that's really his gift because that Hold way, on. real yeah. clarification. You've yeah. never met Chris Warden. No, no. Okay. You're just reading his chart just based off of chart. the information I just gave you. <laughs> yes. Okay. Continue. <laughs> I just wanted to make it clear for people because okay. I, I know him. Doing, It'd yeah. be like me describing. I would have said those like he's a yeah. perfectionist for sure. Yeah. Yeah. He's a perfectionist. Um, and he has the ability to repeat something over and over and really refine the process. And I always tell people that have this specific frequency that they have is that, you know, true perfection doesn't exist, but there's ascending levels of mastery. Mm-hmm. It's something where he re- it's really helpful for him to find something that he can be he can continually improve, continually work on, continually work on. You know, I think of Justin Dunkley. You guys know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He has this backyard where what he what he does is he'll go out and tear up, you know, tear it up, put chickens in, plant new vegetables, tear the vegetables out, put new. I mean, every time I go there, it's like a completely different backyard. It's a new project. But it's a frequency where he has to put it somewhere. 
Because if he doesn't put it somewhere, then they turn it in on themselves. They turn yeah. it on the people that they love. So it's really cool when I see this in people in charts, I can say, you know, you need to find a place where you can continually put this perfectionism into something or you're going to turn it in on yourself and the people you love. And that's a big shift for people, too. Yeah. You know? Like just aim it in the right direction. Aim it. Yeah, because it's 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 got to go somewhere. Um, he's also someone that unconsciously he's really he's all about transforming things it's kind of like this gift that he has he can look at something and see if something has lasting value i have a buddy who has the same frequency channel transformation mm -hmm. when i was getting when i was thinking about getting out of software before the company was acquired I was telling a friend about something I used to do and he had the same frequency. And he's like, tell me about it. So I started telling him this idea that I had. And after five, and I had like a 30 minute speech prepared. And after five <laughs> minutes, he's like, no, that won't work. I'm like, what? He's like, no, that won't work. Because part of the gift is just being able to n notice. Oh yeah. You know, that's no, that's not going to work. That's going to work. Shoot. He did that with, um, when Aaron was going to start this podcast and we we're going to call it shut up, wait, what? And he goes, no, it doesn't work. He's like, I love the name, but it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And we're like, shut up, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, it's too long. It's not searchable. Yeah, and mm -hmm. it, yeah, it's not searchable. And how people read it won't be how you mm -hmm. intend it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, but fuck people. And and he can be, you know, he can be a workaholic. He can really, really work hard. I mean, and there's a balance there for him. But this is all. This is someone who. You know, it's kind of like going back to that old story of like, there's this China, in China, there's this concubine who becomes an empress. Mm -hmm. That you know, this is that. It's like he he's so determined to have a better life that than in what he was born into. Not that he wasn't born into a good life. Right. This is just all about really moving up, like ascension. And, yeah, and yeah. this is all about having the right allies to do it. So that's important for him to know. You know, it's so important that, that having the correct people, the correct tribe in his life, then he can really you know move up because it's lifting each other up. See, he, that's what I've said about. <laughs> him for quite a while is mm -hmm. he doesn't have uh he doesn't ha he hasn't had the right environment around him consistently mm -hmm. like he, he needs a group of core people he is so phenomenally connected with a mm -hmm. bunch of different people but i've always felt like he doesn't have like this very tight-knit group that he's around he's around us but he's remote like he's mm -hmm. always living around the diff uh, country at different spots that's interesting yeah he's very intuitive i mean you know this is the guy that you you know if i'm like walking down a hospital and i see a guy laying in the bed with his leg in a cast you know saying i knew i shouldn't i knew i shouldn't have done you know that's him yeah because he gets these little hits right before you know don't do that don't touch that that's hot it's just this real acuteness is of that intuition. his spleen mm -hmm. okay heavily defined spleen like you his is just really defined mm -hmm. and then he also has this channel um this frequency which is called the channel of rhythm this is for him, it's just so incredibly important for him to stay in a flow state that works for him. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, it may be really wonky, like wake up at 7 a.m., do this. And it's like, as long as he stays in this certain flow state, things just work out for him. Like it's, yeah. it, it's all about finding the rhythm that works for him and staying. And he's got, it's, he's kind of compulsive about it, mm -hmm. but it works for him. That's crazy. Does he have the does he have the fifteenth gate? Yep, he does have the fifteenth gate. He has the forty sixth gate, but he doesn't have the seven. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
he's i mean he's got all of you know he's he's you guys find it you know a similarity and he's got the channel of moodiness you know provoker you know deal about provoking obstacles and not liking to be obstructed but but here's this other here's this other aspect that i was talking about earlier let me see if aaron has it because you mentioned he does have the hanging 53 so what that means is chris always has this extreme pressure within himself to start something new it's this pressure to start and, and really he needs to continually start something new yeah because if he doesn't well if he doesn't then that pressure will build and build and it you know can become depression because he needs to release it into something but what it comes down to is if he's free enough to follow his sacral responses because he's a generator Mm. then he's responding to the correct thing to put that energy into he then he can find the satisfaction in not finishing it because he'll be aligned to the people that do finish it yeah yeah Yeah. okay to the closers yeah Wow, that's fascinating. Yeah. Uh, does he have a defined throat? He does not. Okay. Nope. Interesting. Oh, that is interesting, yeah. actually. Because he's very... I, I just imagine how well-spoken he is. He's He's got a frequency which is called explanation. And it's, it's this frequency where um, he can have a really amazing detail and accurate statement on the way that he communicates things. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I guess I guess um, you. I guess it's easy to get confused because this happened. I think this happened with me too when you're describing because I have an undefined throat and a lot about the the not self themes of having an undefined throat center resonated big time, mm-hmm. right? Like if I speak when I don't need to, I'm really like trying to do something that I'm not meaning to do. It's mm-hmm. like making up for some kind of uncomfortableness, trying mm-hmm. to prove myself through speaking. But if I speak when I'm when I'm like needed. Then it's, responding yeah it's yeah. like perfect speech yeah um and and with the open throat it's it's kind of like in this podcast you will explain something and as you're going and explaining something you'll you'll pick up another explanation which will help you even understand even more what you're saying <laughs> and, and then it'll help other people and then it all kind of comes back together in the end yeah you know that's fucking so weird I'm uh, anyway. I don't, and he's a cave guy. And he's a cave guy. And he's a cave guy. And he's <laughs> and, and and he's actually an indirect light cave guy, which means that, you know, the more he can digest life outside of the sun, the better his brain works. What, what do you think that like mechanically? What is that? Like, what is that quality? Like, I'm supposed to eat in direct sunlight, right? Uh-huh. But, but, yeah, I you're can't, but I can't do it. Is that just sun exposure directly is good for me? And this is like how I imagined it working. And you can tell me if I'm wrong because mm-hmm. I'm trying to like mm-hmm. infer some things. You said eating direct sunlight, that's good for you. I go, I hate eating in direct sunlight, which means I don't eat as much. Mm-hmm. So it might control like the amount yeah. that I eat. Uh, it might It might make me more sensitive to what I need to eat because it needs to be very specific. Um how I look at this is this is called your determination is that, you know, we've clearly well established how incredibly unique each individual vehicle is, mm-hmm. each individual person. And because that vehicle is so unique, it has a very unique way that it takes in nourishment, the way that it takes in food, it takes in life. And and it really kind of goes through this scale, almost like the evolution of how we ate as a, as 
a species. So the very first type of determination of way that you take in is called appetite. This is the cave person. Mm -hmm. It's like they eat their steak, and then when they're done with the steak, then they eat their potato. It's like one thing at a time. That's like, That's like Mark, too. Yeah, yeah. Mark, too. And then I'm, I, I'm, a, I'm a taste person, which is like the hunter-gatherer. I eat local, I eat fresh, what's mm -hmm. around, you know, that's the kind of food. And then from there, it goes into, well, as a species, then we started learning fire. Mm -hmm. And then at fire, now people eat things that are hot or they eat things that are cold. And what that also means is that their system, if they need to eat things hot, that means that their digestion always runs cold. Like Justin Dunkley, mm. we mentioned him. Yeah. He, he has to have everything hot because his digestion runs cold. And that means that he digests it differently and that helps his brain in turn process. And then it goes up to touch. People that need to touch their food, mm. you know, yeah, nervous touch, called yeah. It, yeah. and then there's sound, high sound, low sound. And then there's direct light and indirect light. It's kind of like the end of how the evolution went as far as digesting eating. yes so eating. interesting and what so what is the direct and indirect light what does it have what what's the um the i guess the the structure the mechanics of why that would change how you digest food yeah um i you know all that's come to me is i always think of the funny like you know cave people that stay out of the light and yeah. they eat their food in the dark um mechanically i <laughs> can't tell you how that works honestly but direct light is you know do you ever find yourself finding cat, cat puddles or anything you know like you know cats find like a sun puddle coming through a window and they go curl up on it or i mean i i, I love i like <laughs> just being in direct sunlight yeah. like for as long as i can throughout the day actually yeah. but i don't like eating in that spot that's the weird thing yeah, it's not just about food. It's about really taking in all of life. So the more gotcha. that okay. you it's... can take in all of life with the sun on you. And then, I mean, how I mentioned I got this mentor when I first got into human design. He's direct light like you. He's a 5-1 emotional projector. Mm -hmm. He told me at one point he would rather not eat for like two days than eat after the sun goes down. Because when he eats after the sun goes down, it throws off his metabolism. He gets brain fog, all of these things because he's mm -hmm. now disrupting it's almost like you drive a, a vehicle that takes unleaded and then you put diesel in it it just shifts the it just goes slug yeah it just it doesn't slug. ignite the same way does something Th different i mean that would seem that that is a really weird <laughs> thing how you describe it too is kind of interesting because when you describe diet you're not talking about just food you're talking about ingestion your yeah. consumption is all kind of, of life yeah and, and would you say that that's true with like information too oh yeah um, so I, I take in food, like, I'll stand at the counter and eat a couple of bites and, like, keep doing busy work while I'm eating. Mm -hmm. And it drives me nuts. I'm like, why can't I just sit down and relax and eat? Because I also don't like eating under any time of, like, any kind of time crunch. Like, mm -hmm. if we're in a hurry, I'm like, I'll just wait to eat until afterwards. Like, I want to enjoy this. Mm -hmm. But I'm such a busy body, even when I eat. Mm -hmm. Like I'll walk around my house with a bowl and I'll do stuff while mm -hmm. I'm eating. That is so weird to me. If he's out of town though, and you sleep alone. Yeah, I, I sit down to eat. You sit down to Are eat. Are you fucking serious? Yeah, I'm not joking. <laughs> you'll stare at the wall, you'll sit, <laughs> yeah. you'll eat just like that and everything's fine. Because you're but not he amplifying. Sits down. He sits down to eat. He gets relaxed. <laughs> he's defined root. You know, he's defined That's root. so weird. Yeah. It's, but if he's gone, if he, if it's if it's day two, you sleep alone, he's gone. Oh, yeah, you can sit and you can like, That's I'm so just going to mellow out, watch the That's wall. how much influence my aura has on hers. I'm telling you. 
That's weird. This is so- <laughs> you're moving into the guest room, <laughs> and it's kind of cool. You know, it's like partnerships. My, you know, my my partnership that I said that I had yeah. with Kendra. Uh-huh. It was nice because we had these separate rooms that, you know, when we'd come into each other's room, it was like we were kind of coming into their space, mm-hmm. and there was this different feel when I'd go into her space, yeah. or she'd come into mine, and and it mm-hmm. just it can really sh- strengthen. Mm-hmm. The way that you relate with each other, oh, that's interesting. and then you also get you know used to what your frequency is. So when she yeah. comes into my space, we're like, oh, I can see where she's at emotionally, or vice versa. Feel it. I'm not identified with it. So um, our friend, huh. we have two friends that um, they knew nothing about human design, and um, we went to dinner with them a couple of weeks ago. I've been friends with them for like 20 years. Mm-hmm. I, I think I was like 17 when they got married. It was like. A long time ago and um they had just built this new house so we went to dinner and they're like i'll come check out you know and i had known for a long time because we talk all the time but they were like i remember him being really frustrated like oh she wants to sleep alone i think it's so weird but they've been sleeping alone for like 15 years she a reflector um no i don't think think she's a one three generator Hmm. yeah i know she has a line of perfection and he's a generator too, I think. Hmm. But they separated sleeping. Mm-hmm. He had they built this new house. He has his own bedroom in the basement where he likes to be dark and cave like and hers yeah. is bright and it's like all airy upstairs mm-hmm. in the master bedroom. And they're like, Man, the second we separated sleep, no problems. Like we had no marital issues. They like it got better. That's I weird. can't even tell you how many people say that that's their experience because it's always whenever I tell people a partnership, you know, they sleep separate. The person who always has the problem with it is the husband. Yeah. The husband's always like, well, what's she on, up to in there? <laughs> what's she doing in there without me? What are you doing? And spinning the dog. <laughs> and and surprisingly, what happens is the relationship grows stronger. Oftentimes, I mean, it can go different sure. ways, but yeah. like, you know, then you really get it. You know, this this other person kind of has their autonomy to a certain degree. They have their own experience of going to bed and wait. And it does. It's not like the romance changes. No. I mean, you know. That is fascinating to me. I like this whole thing blows me away. I mean, we got to end it at some point. I, <laughs> I, I mean, we could keep going because I have so many fucking questions. Um, but I do uh, thank you for coming on. Like, I, I know we'll have you probably back because you're not going to Hawaii, right? I'm not going to Hawaii. So you're going to yep. stay? Costa Rica in January. To Perfect. Go oh, deeper with that, human design can, and then oh, come maybe back. Maybe we should move ours to January. I know. We weren't invited. No, I'm just joking. I don't uh, care. We don't have to be. <laughs> uh, we were actually thinking about going to Costa Rica right around Christmas, but it's yeah. way too busy. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, it's, the, tickets are like $2,700 to fly down it's there. It's ridiculous. Dang. Over Christmas. Yeah. So I'm like, no. But you're staying here, so that's good. Yeah. Um, we Where can people find out about you if they're interested <laughs> in human design? What's your website? What's your handle? Like, where, where you, Where's the best contact information for you? I'd say my website, philred.com, okay. P-H-I-L-R-E-D-D.com. Awesome. Cool. Mm-hmm. And um, Do you respond to people on Instagram or not really? Yeah, I'm not, I, you know, I, I'm not, I, it ebbs and flows for me, man. Okay. I have a hard time with that human design Instagram. It's so pop culture. It's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, because it's so, well, I, I see the same thing. It's self-help. It's spiritual human design, which yeah. is not human It's design. not human design. Yeah. I get the same feeling because I've followed quite a few just to be like, oh, maybe I'll learn something that mm-hmm. I didn't know. And oh my God, the like kind of garbage that comes mm-hmm. out of it where I go, have these people never listened to Raw? Mm-hmm. Like everything exactly. that they're saying is like, 
how to find your soulmate and you're like mm, no, I, this is like tips to be happy yeah yeah yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not about being happy yeah it has, it has nothing to do with that and so I, I anyway i wanted to put people in the right direction so they could figure out yeah um, if they send me a message on instagram i may get it a couple days later okay that's but, okay yeah. but uh, they can send me a message to the site and book sessions yeah perfect cool. awesome um yeah it's worth it that's a hundred percent worth thanks, it guys. yeah I, it's like well, it's obviously worth it because we keep coming back to get more. And I think that's what I think a reading, the first reading with you mm-hmm. uh, was like two hours. Mm-hmm. I recorded it. Um, I have listened to it twice. Mm. And every time I hear it, it's like I heard it for the first time. I probably only got about 10% of what you were saying. Mm. And then I forgot all of it. And when I come back, it's like getting a new thing. And then yeah. every new reading on top of that is literally none of the stuff that we talked about that time. Mm. And so I don't know how many hours that we've spent going over my stupid graph, but every time it's like a new thing. And there's stuff that I know we haven't even touched on. We haven't yeah. gotten into right angle crosses. We haven't gotten into uh, any of the incarnation stuff. Mm. Like there, uh, there is like, man, it's a talk about a wormhole. Um, it's there. So, <laughs> If people are interested to get a hold of you, uh, if people are interested in applying with their human design, they also have to go through you, <laughs> which is hilarious. That's amazing. Yeah. Anything else you want to add? No, I don't think so. You good? Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for That's coming awesome. on, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you both. Yeah. Thanks, the time. Phil. Appreciate it. <laughs>